If you are looking for the smart money, look no further. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker. With Steve Rapp, David Bastel, and George Russick on Toronto Sports Radio, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Town one in Toronto on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. 801 in Calgary on Sportsnet 960, 701 in Vancouver on Sportsnet 650. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. The Halloween edition of the program, Week 8 is upon us. Busy, busy show. 14 games to preview for you. We'll talk to our pal Phil Gray, the head of trading operations for Sports Interaction later this hour, the top of the next hour. Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast and analyst for CBS Sports HQ. We'd also love to hear from you. Shoot us a text, 590-590, name and location, what you love today and the why. We'll do that at around 12.25 p.m. Eastern after we give you our picks. Uh, gentlemen, good morning. Uh, good Thursday nighter between the um, Packers and the Cardinals. Some big names out of that game. And it's funny how narratives flip on one play. If A.J. Green gets the signal from Kyler Murray, probably catches that ball. It was in the exact spot where it was supposed to be, and the Cardinals are 8-0, and we're talking about potentially a Super Bowl team. They miss one little play. All of a sudden, oh, I don't know if the Cardinals are for real. It's weird how that works on one play when they had a remarkable stop of the Packers. Well, the one thing, but George, the way we look at things and the way I look at things, and I'm sure the way most people look listening to the show would look at things, whether they scored that touchdown or not, they weren't going to cover. The only way they were going to cover that game is if they kicked a field goal and got a 6 overtime so if you were on the Packers you were on the right side I think I've said this a few times over the years and I've I, more and more I watched the more and more I realized that never been a Packers fan never really a true fan of any team but I don't think there's a player in the league that I enjoy watching more than Aaron Rodgers I, I just his coolness his coolness and his, his calmness I mean that guy just like clocks running down he'll use three timeouts in the third quarter no problem I'm calm. My, you know, maybe those eyes are looking over at Lafleur, <laughs> piercing daggers. You know, you don't know what he's thinking, what he's mumbling. He's just a cool, calm, collected dude who just is enjoyable to watch playing football. Yeah, um, they they look good. Uh, they they did what they've done, and all this talk, David, with Lafleur and Rogers, uh, this relationship. They're thirty-one and seven together. Like, not bad, eh? Yeah, not bad. Like, if, oh, there's so much animosity and there's so much turmoil between. They're 31 and seven in the regular the, together as as a duo. That's pretty damn good. And I think the Packers and Cardinals are still right there as the best teams with the Rams in the NFC. But it's funny how like, and and I had this during the week during shows this week. Tom Brady and the Bucks continue just to murder teams, and Tom Brady leads the league in touchdown passes. And I think we all have so much Tom Brady fatigue that if you actually look at his numbers and what the Buccaneers are doing with so many injuries on defense, especially on their secondary, yep. Tom Brady should be the MVP of the NFL right now. Yeah, I agree. And I would put the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that conversation just to add on to it. But uh, you know what? When the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get healthy on defense – uh, I'm comfortable saying they're number one as far oh, as yeah. the ranking moving into this offseason. And, and I know it's not, or this this postseason, I should say. And I know they're the defending champs and so forth. But 
that's an awesome conference. You, you look at the top yeah. five, and if four of them aren't from that conference, uh, show me why it isn't. Because I because I, I rank the whole league, and I, I see only the Buffalo Bills being in that kind of competition with the four. Uh, and right now, man, Brady Brady has to be on top. Yeah, and you can say I mean, we talked about Eric Swan. You can say it about any team in the NFL or the teams with a really good quarterback in the NFL. If that quarterback's not there, that team's going to be in trouble. That's not any kind of hot take. But Murray just looks like a guy that halfway through the game he's got a shoulder, he's got a hip, he's got something, and yeah. and if he's not moving around, he's not the same quarterback, and and that really concerns me. I mean, like any like I said, like any team as quarterback goes, they go. I think that's really important for Arizona. Yeah, and uh, he he's never. That's probably the biggest game he's ever played as a Cardinal because he hasn't played many meaningful games. And you're right, Steve. They had a good start last year, and then when he was dealing with the shoulder issues, uh, they went into the tank. Especially after that uh, Hale Murray against the Bills, he got hurt, and then they went downhill really quickly. He needs to stay mm -hmm. healthy because that offense is really dynamic. All right, uh, before we dive into this week, Stephen Rapp, what did we do last week? Well, it's good that it's Halloween and uh, it's all about uh, the dark and uh, terrible things that go on on Halloween. Because we kind of records... fit that or what? Yeah, because we kind of fit that. By the way, I'd like to have a quick conversation that Monster Mash is the only Halloween song oh if you try to play with. It's That's such not... a young man's take. You can you can go with a little <laughs> bit of Thriller. I was talking to Bastel about this before the show. A little bit of Thriller. The Ghostbusters. David, it's Ghostbusters right now. <laughs> Ghost... I like you Ghostbusters know what? too, but yeah, the Vincent Price, you can put the Ghostbusters Price in there. thing does it for me. So. Yeah, but, but there's thriller? only one true Halloween song. It's Boris Pickett, uh, Boris Pickett, and it's Monster Mash. Anyways, I just try to try to stop listen from... in your casket. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, last week, uh, dogs were seven and six. The season dogs, they're fifty-eight and forty-nine. Uh, away dogs, thirty-six and twenty-seven. Still pretty robust. Uh, the unders last week, eight and five. Season unders, fifty-nine and forty-seven. Imagine what a good year the public would be having if those overs were hitting in, as well. Um, our records last week. If I just quickly go to that, I should have them ready, but I don't. Um, Dave I was. I have him. Dave was two, three, and one. He's uh, twenty, twenty-two, and one for the season. I was two, four, and one. I am twenty, twenty-two, and one for the season. If the you exact same quick, record. If you want to do the quick math on that, I believe that would make us tied. Um, and George Ooh, was. Yeah, that's good. I, yeah, you're on your game. Math. That's, Watch that's, out, everybody. That's, that's why I'm a numbers game. That's why I'm a numbers guy. I'm telling you. Uh, week, uh, George, two and one for the week, eight and 13 for the season. And standings, as I said, Dave and me are tied, and George is in third. And if there was a guy in fourth, he would be in first. Yeah, he absolutely would sense. be. Um, he would be. I had to ask uh, Dave this question. Uh, Steve always rips on us because we're so square, we're so this, uh, Dave, yeah. but somehow he has the same record as you. How is that even possible? Yeah, weird. <laughs> somehow. Steve, your thoughts? Um, well, I don't know. How, well, actually, the question is, with the public winning, as the public has won in the last three weeks, um, and the squares winning, I can understand why I would lose. But being a square like yourself, Dave, I don't understand why you're not winning. 
because if you look at some of my bets, they're not, they're all plus money. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all, they're, if you look at some of my bets, they all have L's beside me. Them. May, okay. Maybe I'm not as square. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm not round, but maybe I'm an oval. You know what I mean? Okay. You could you're, be oval. You you're could oblong. Be oblong. oval better. You're oblong. We just need to, there you uh, go. We just need to uh, pick up our uh, socks or whatever <laughs> we do and uh, get, uh... listen, we're having fun doing it. That's yeah, for sure. Uh, real quick, too, uh, David, 1-0 on your blanket coverage last week. You're a solid 7-4 and four on your blankets this season, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Dave and I, once again, Dave and I, once again, for the second pushed. time, pushed our side bet. Of Atlanta minus two last week. You guys pushed in week five with your Green Bay minus three bet, so you guys have oh, that's two side bets I, and pushed. I, I would like to say about that side bet. I was I, Sitting there watching that game being on Miami plus a two with Atlanta being up and Matty Ryan having the ball inside his own 20, I had a calmness over me that I'd never felt betting before, knowing that he was going to turn the ball over. And it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not result playing. I've said this many times, and I've said it to, 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 to Sunderland Evan while we're watching the game. I have a calmness about me that he is going to turn the ball over. That is... That is some history of someone turning stuff over, if you ask me. That was weird. David, I was kicking myself uh, watching that Chiefs and Titans game, too, when Steve was mocking me because I took the Titans plus the points at the bar. He's like, oh, now I feel better. And then the Chiefs just got their doors blown off in that game. <laughs> I was crushed. so upset. I go, you know what? I should have taken it. I should have given them the four and a half. Hey, I, I, or the four. I did a team total for the first time. I had Kansas City minus yeah. five, and I had the team total over 30. I mean, yeah. literally, that was over thirty. I mean, yeah. that bet was done when they had zero in the first quarter. Whatever you want, that was wrong. Listen, sometimes you get them wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we will talk about the Chiefs and Giants. That's the Monday nighter. That's an interesting game. But before we do all that, let's see where the stuff is moving. Let's do it. Don't hit snooze. Get up before the lines do. With Steve's early bird special. All right, had a little talk with Phil Gray over at Sports Interaction this morning to see what his liabilities are, what he thinks will be moving. Uh, some favorites that will have the their numbers move out, uh, Cincinnati, uh, the L.A. Rams, Buffalo Bills, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no big surprise. Uh, dogs seeing some money at SIA, and I'll explain why I'm saying at SIA right now is Detroit, Pittsburgh, uh, Washington and the biggest public dogs being Tennessee and Dallas. Mm. Um, the reason I say at SIA is because uh, talking to Phil, he needs Cleveland. Uh, yet the board is moving towards Cleveland. Uh, so if you're liking the Steelers, uh, the best place to get it in the world right now would be uh, sports interaction because mm. Phil's opposite in that. Looking forward to talking to Phil about that in about a half an hour. I always look forward to talking to Phil as well. well All right, let's best. let's dive into week eight of the National Football League. Fourteen games to preview this morning for you. And let's start with a one and six Miami Dolphins at the four and two Buffalo Bills for a one PM Eastern kick at Highmark Stadium. These teams met in week two in Miami where the Bills smoked the Dolphins thirty five nothing. Buffalo has won the last six games between these teams by an average score of thirty nine to nineteen. In those six games, the Bills have forced a combined 14 takeaways, 7 fumbles, 7 interceptions, made 22 sacks, and have only allowed one 100-yard rushing game. The Dolphins have the worst pass defense on the road this season by giving up an eye-popping 343.5 yards per game. The Bills have led at halftime in 15 straight games, which is the longest streak in NFL 
history. Miami tight end Mike Gesicki ranks third among NFL tight ends with 37 catches and 427 yards receiving. Gesicki has had seven or more catches and 85 yards receiving in each of his past two outings. Buffalo is giving up 6.73 yards per target to tight ends this season, which is 10th best in the NFL. Keep your eye on Bills quarterback Josh Allen, who's owned the Finns in his career. Allen is 6-1 and one with a 19-5 touchdown to interception ratio and a 108.1 passer rating against Miami. Going to go to the Don Best screen here for the first time in the show that sports interaction open. The Buffalo Bills an 11.5 point favor with a total of 49. Uh, the totals dropped half a point to 48.5, but the line has kept rising. Uh, 14 now at sports interaction, two full converted touchdowns. Uh, David, lots of Buffalo money. What do you see? Yeah, huge Buffalo money right now. Uh, you know what? One key injury for the Bills, too, uh, while we're on that topic, is Dawson Knox will miss this game with a hand, hand injury. This guy's been a really key outlet for Josh Allen at the tight end spot. So he's out for today's game. Doubtful is Spencer Brown. He's a tackle. Justin Zimmer is a question mark on the Dolphins sidelines. Uh, question marks across the board for uh, Devontae Parker, who will play today, but is still nursing that hamstring injury. And also Jerome Baker with a knee injury and Stephen, you know it, it, as tempting as 14 is the dominance of the bills man this is this is so one-sided and back in the day this was never one-sided this was such an evenly matched uh matchup between the two but it's really fall down by wayside lately and, and the last couple of years miami hasn't been that horrible that they're they're they were getting crushed by the bills but uh they are horrible now a theme we're going to hear a lot during the day today is uh road dogs of under a touchdown uh they're 30 and 12 against the spread they're 25 and 17 straight up but that's not one of these guys this, this is not road dogs of less than a touchdown this is a uh, road dog of seven and a half more points and those are six and thirteen against the spread this this season. Uh, they failed to cover by almost nine points a game. Uh, so I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to lay these points. I'm not going to bet these points. But the way the NFL is, seems to be this year, and, and there's not parity. There are really bad teams, and there are a few really good teams. We saw Arizona. We saw Tampa Bay cover these big spreads last week. Uh, the Rams didn't, but we've saw two teams cover big spreads. I, I got to think. I, I lean Buffalo here. The history of these two teams recently tells me that uh, Miami can't hang. Well, I think that the key to this game is the Dolphins can't get any pressure on the quarterback and they play man-to-man -man defense. And Josh Allen has feasted on that in his career. When you have time to throw to guys like Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders, uh, good luck to the Miami Dolphins today. And the Bills defense has been playing very good this season. Yeah. I hate taking such a big favorite and it's such Heavy. a square play. But I did take the Bills at the bar just based on they've just destroyed the Dolphins with Josh Allen at center. And I mean, is, them in it, Miami. They're coming off a bye week, too. We haven't mentioned that after that disappointing loss in Tennessee on that Monday yeah. night when Josh Allen slipped. Mm -hmm. uh, this could be a blowout game for the Bills. It could be over early here uh, for the Miami Dave, Dolphins. Dave, pull up, uh, I'm sure we look, pull up some of the Josh Allen uh, props. I'm sure we could look at, uh, I'm sure we could look at uh, Allen over passing yards. Uh, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. Uh, he should put up huge numbers uh, right now. Twenty three and a half pass completions, uh, yep. two and a half touchdown passes at Sports Interaction. I like right over now. two and a half touchdown passes. Uh, that is uh, right now. That's plus one hundred five. That's plus money. 
Steve, yeah, you can lock that in if you want. If you oh, like yeah, it, yeah, go ahead, Steve. Do it. I just it. throw things out of the top uh, of my head okay. and then lock them in on my show, and and and, and then I, next week I have to tell you my record. No, we, a little uh, more thought, Dave. George, we should say that uh, possible drizzle expected uh, okay. at game time. Uh, Ten mile an hour winds out of the southwest. Um, so it's going to be very similar to what we see here in southern Ontario, with a little more dr- rain, I guess. We'll dive more to those uh, player props on that Bills and Dolphins game. We'll ask Connor Allen, who was absolutely on fire last week, giving you prop winners. We'll talk to him at 12.35 p.m. Eastern. All right, let's move on to the 3-4 and four Carolina Panthers at the 3-3 three and three Atlanta Falcons for a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Falcons have won six of the last seven meetings between these division rivals. The only Carolina win in that span was a 23-16 victory last season in Atlanta that dropped the Falcons to 0-5. The Panthers have lost four straight games while Sam Darnold's career record as an NFL starter is 16-29. Darnold has thrown interceptions in four straight games. Atlanta has intercepted passes in its past two games. The Panthers' defense has four sacks in their last four games after making 14 in their first three games. Carolina's offensive line has allowed 24 sacks, second most in the league behind Chicago's 26. Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts set a franchise record at his position with 163 yards receiving on seven catches in last week's victory over the Dolphins. The Panthers are surrendering 6.16 yards per target to tight ends, which ranks seventh in the league. Keep your eye on Matt Ryan against Carolina's secondary. Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan has thrown for more than 300 yards in back-to-back games and will face a deep defense that has allowed just 197.1 yards through the air, ranking second in the National Football League. Uh, we start to look at the Atlanta Falcons, open two-point two favorite. Sorry, at Sports Interaction, total 48. The total has dropped a little bit, guys. We're now seeing 46.5 on the total. Public money has pushed this Falcons team on to the key number of three currently. Hmm. Uh, three, 46.5, Dave. And, and let, me just, let me just state here before you give me your injuries that if you're betting on this game, I really think you have a gambling problem. And oh, here we help. go. Well, you're trying, you to, to you're trying to set me up or what? Is this my intro? No, nope, I'm what? not trying to set you up. I'm not trying to set you up <laughs> because I know I said if I ever say the Atlanta Falcons again to turn off my mic and I actually told you during the week I was thinking Atlanta and then I talked like <laughs> I didn't want my I, mic turned off. This this is a true story, George. He actually did. And you know what? I, uh, I kind of lean Falcons here too, but let's quickly get to the injuries. Falcons uh, relatively healthy, not reporting anybody on this uh, official injury list. The Panthers have uh, Daryl Johnson out with a hamstring pull. Terrence Marshall out with a concussion. Uh, question marks go to C.J. Henderson in the secondary. Also Shaq Thompson, uh, foot injury. And, and Steve, when you look at some of the history between these division rivals, Panthers 1-5 and five in their last six meetings in Atlanta. It's a small number. I wish it was more 2.5. I'd feel more comfortable with the 2.5, but I, I think I'm still comfortable with the Falcons winning this game outright. I'm I'm never I'm never comfortable with Atlanta and everywhere. I think that Carolina they played might, well the last couple of weeks, even in losses against two. Who did they do that against? Giants, Jets, and Dolphins. I mean, like no, 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 no. Even look back at that Washington game too. They're starting they to score. Too, Kyle, though, Dave. yeah, they stink Kyle. too. I, I understand. So, so first of all, I, I mentioned the okay, short but, underdogs, but the Carolina, but Carolina stinks too. Category of Carolina stinks. Carolina might be as bad as those four teams that we just talked they about. They are. They're worse. They, they beat. So you're right. So I, again, I go back to why are we even talking about betting this game but i mean like i said okay. uh the ro- road dogs have under a touchdown 30 and 12 this year 
road dogs of under three or points or fewer, 12 and five this year. I mean, that's a trend that's no small sample size. I, I mean, you can talk about regression to the mean, but I think you, you kind of got to ride it until you get the, until they get that regression to the mean. Um, Darnold's not great. Panthers aren't great, but the, the Falcons get no pass rush. So you might see some points here. I listen, I, I early in the week of you know, full disclosure, uh, put Atlanta minus two and a half in a parlay, knowing it was, was going to go to three sitting here now, wishing I hadn't done it, to be honest with you. Um, why is this number at three, Steve, when a lot of bar pools have the Falcons minus three and a half? That has to be a uh, has to be just an opinion. I mean, my bar, my pool, my pool's not three and a half. I haven't seen one three and a half. I'm surprised because this number I do not believe has ever been to three and a half. Never saw three and a half. Never rumored mm. to get to three and a half. So I think just your bar pool has a uh, mistake. And then in that case, you would have to take the three and a half, correct? Yeah, I, I believe. You got to so. take the mistake. It's three and a half at the bar right now uh, your bar right now. yeah your bar. bar the guy it's made the bar lines at your bar were drinking when they made it obviously that's fine uh real quick too uh carolina the second best pass defense in the nfl on the road this season they're not they're not even giving up 180 yards passing on the wow. road it's just can they have an uh an answer for kyle pitts uh calvin ridley disappointed uh last week and uh cordero patterson has looked good uh, being the everything guy for the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. Uh, this is a big it's, game for the Falcons if yeah. they want to have any wild card hopes. This is a big game for them. And then you're hearing reports today that they've told Christian McCaffrey that they're not going to trade him. They want to keep him in Carolina. Just the Panthers, much like the Broncos, I don't know which team was more fraudulent out of their start, the Panthers or the Broncos, but both got off to spectacular starts and both just seemed to be like Broncos. mediocre franchises. I mean, it's, it's really easy. If I'm Arthur Smith, who is, is supposed to turn around this Atlanta offense and do all the things he did in Tennessee, if I'm him, it, my play calling is very simple. Throw at the pits. He catches it with one hand. He catches it with no hands. He catches it behind his back. Oh, that's a good he, catch. He catches it everywhere. I mean, he just, the guy is as good as advertised, and they didn't use him for the first four or five weeks. And now all of a sudden, he makes every play, and well, he's the only player they have. Yeah, some of that was they were lining him up at wide receiver, and then he was getting covered. Uh, now they put him in his spot as a tight end, and now he's exploiting those matchups. A lot of that was – and he looks explosive. Doesn't he kind of look a little bit like Calvin Johnson, just his size? Yeah, but I guess mm. it gets weird a at, at the tight end positions kind of. Right, but, but it doesn't what? look maybe, like a maybe. tight end. That's what I mean. They, it doesn't know, yeah, look like a tight end. They line him up on the outside too sometimes. They put yeah. him everywhere. He doesn't look like a tight end. He's because, good. Uh, he's, he's very good. So He's dynamic. Um, I'm uh, unfortunately he will come second in the offensive rookie of the year award race. Who would you rather take? Like Who would you rather have moving forward, Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase? Kyle Pitts, uh, Kyle Pitts, only because a Ted in like that is you can see you know, you can see Kelsey's and the Gronkowski's. It's harder to find the, a tight Favaro's. end than it is a receiver. The, okay. And you know the the fame, the great tight end. It's tougher to find a dominating tight end than it is a a good. That's what I said. Receiver. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's squeeze in one more game before we hit the break. That's exactly you what you said, Dave. I thought I heard it somewhere, too. I don't know. Just... All right. Let's squeeze in one more game before the break. It's the two and five Philadelphia Eagles at the oh, no, and seven 
Detroit Lions for a 1 p.m. Eastern start at Ford Field. Despite their winless start, the Lions have won three straight in this series, but have lost seven of the past 11 games, including a 58-37 loss at Philadelphia in the 1995 playoffs. Philadelphia has been penalized a league high 58 times this season. Detroit running back DeAndre Swift has scored in three straight games in his previous four at home. Swift is averaging 93.3 yards of offense per game this season and has a team-high five touchdowns. The Eagles are coughing up 128.0 rushing yards per game on the road this season. Lions quarterback Jared Goff has thrown just one TD and four INTs and has fumbled once. Over his last three games, keep your eye on Philadelphia quarterback Jalen Hurts, who is the only player in the NFL with at least 10 passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns this season. Hurts has three consecutive starts, completing less than 60% of his passes, tied with New York's Zach Wilson for the longest streaks by any starting quarterback this season. The uh, Philadelphia Eagles opened as a three and a half point favorite with a total of 49 and a half at Sports Interaction. Total now 48. Uh, game right now, three and a half even. I know what's coming, but I'm just going to tell you I'm locking in at the current number. And then now go ahead, Dave, do your thing. Bastos Blanket Coverage. I want my banky. Yeah, I certainly do, and I love the Lions in this spot. Lost very close games, home games, to San Francisco, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Detroit has covered five of the last six games against the Eagles. The Eagles 2-8 and eight against the spread in their last 10 road games. Looked miserable last week against the Raiders, where a lot of people thought they'd actually win that game. Eagles 2 and make that 5-12 and 12 against the spread. Last 17 following a loss. I love the points in this situation. I love that hook. Let's win one heading into the bye, Detroit. Win one for Dan Campbell, and more importantly, win one for me. The Lions win today. Take them plus the three and a half points. David, I respect your opinion. David, I also respect your opinion, and that's what I wanted to lock in. I've been watching this number move for the last little while, and I knew that I couldn't jump in and lock it in because you had a your oh, little blanky, so, blanky, blanky So you're thing both happened. locking in the Lions plus three and a half right now. All right, lock. Oh, Josh, wow. if you're going to do that, I'm going to be locking in every single game just to hear that. Okay, lock I would like to just stay. Lock them both. You know what? I I will just state that uh, if Dave and I are on the Detroit Lions. As the best bet of the day, there could be <laughs> nothing go wrong. There could be nothing seven. scarier than that. <laughs> you could go out and do all the trick or treating and call a Halloween costume you want. I guarantee you will come across nothing scarier than me and Bastel on the Detroit Lions. Uh, is this just the fact that they played hard under? Like I like, give me some reasons why you guys like they the have, Lions. Well, so they had. Well, they had. They've been playing hard. They've been playing hard. They threw the kitchen sink last week. You mean you might want to look at under field goals if it's a sports interaction. I think it's under two and a half because because Dan Campbell's not kicking any field goals. Um, you know, they've two fake punts, a uh, fake onside kick. You, you know, they they they've hung in. I mean, they've hung in. Uh, games and they kind of hung with the Rams you know they they should have beat the, the, the Ravens on the 66 yard field goal yep. they've got a bye after the after this week this is their obviously their last chance for a win before their bye then you look at their schedule this might be oh. their best chance for a win correct uh, so 
Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you've got to plug your nose. you got to take the Lions. But, I mean, okay. I think this is a chance. David, that's, I, yeah, it's, we, we both agree it's a blanky-blanky thing. It has to it's be. A, it's a double blanky. It's, it's a, a Linus blanky. Halloween special blanky. And unless you forget about it, that's on one side of the ball. Let's talk about it, the other side of the ball. And, and what have you seen from the Philadelphia Eagles that tell you that they should be a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against anybody? Really? Um, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, potentially, when you hear whispers that maybe they want to get Gardner Minshew in there for some reps at Ooh. quarterback, that's a problem. Because uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, GM squared. A... We haven't used GM squared in so long. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been funny. a fantasy football darling, but uh, real life quarterback, he struggled this season. Uh, Accuracy has been an issue so far for Jalen Hurts. And they're just a mess right now, the Philadelphia Eagles. But there's one thing, guys, the Eagles do very well. Play pass defense on the road. Uh, they're the sixth best team against the pass on the road this season. Can Jared Goff exploit them, or can they stop DeAndre Swift? Uh, God bless both of you for taking this game because uh, I, this was one of the toughest games for me on the card. <laughs> like I got, I'm like I'm so glad you guys have so much conviction. In I bet the them on the money Lions. line, George. I have a, I have a money line bet on the Detroit Lions today. What did you get at plus sixty? One sixty. I can't remember. I did it early in the week, but I can look and let you know when I got it out. Yeah. Uh, the right Lions right now. Plus 145 it's, SIA. Yeah. Sports Interaction has them at plus 145. All right. Guys liking the Detroit Lions plus three and a half. That line Let's go Lions. is going to move. All right. Straight ahead. We'll tee up that beauty between the Colts and Titans, talk some Rams and Texans, and talk to our pal Phil Gray, the head of trading operations for sports interaction. Get your text in as well, 590-590, name and location, what you love today and the why. It is Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Sportsnet 590. 590, the fan. Houston was massacred 31-5 to in Arizona last week. First down on the 47. Drops back to throw. Lobs it. Far side. Ertz with the catch of the 30. Loose of the 20. Far side. 15-10-5. Touchdown. Zach Ertz. 47 yards. The Texans have been outscored 127-30 in their last four games. Will they get murdered again today by Michael Myers? I mean, the Rams in Houston? <laughs> Back to Inside the Lines, Halloween edition, <laughs> with Rap, Bastel, and Russick. Ten thirty-six in Toronto, eight thirty-six in Calgary. <laughs> Mr. Voice is going all out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't believe you asked a professional, uh, a guy who's so revered in this industry, yeah. to do that. Russick's good for looking him to over do him. It. Um, what a guy. Can you do that again guy. more spooky, please? Thank you. From the top. Did you direct them on that? Yeah, did you direct them on that? <laughs> He's I the need best. more from you. I need more from you, big voice guy. I'm not He's getting the it best. all. It's Halloween. You got to go all out. It's Halloween edition of Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Of course. Big voice guy is the best. Oh, more of those previews coming up. Don't you worry, including I uh, including our friend Todd Furman at the top of the next hour. And we'll talk to our pal Phil Gray shortly. Get your text in as well, 590-590. Name and location, what you love today, 
and the why. Gentlemen, let's dive back into the previews because we have 14 games on the slate today, and this one's very, very interesting. It's the 5-2 and two Tennessee Titans at the 3-4 and four Indianapolis Colts for a 1 p.m. Eastern kick at Lucas Oil Stadium. The Titans upended the Colts 25-16 in Week 3 from Music City. Tennessee has won two straight in this series and three of the last four as they look for their third series, third season sweep of the Colts. Indy has won three in the last four home games against the Titans. Tennessee has won five straight division games and are 14-6 and six on the road since 2019. Indy has scored a league-high 63 points off takeaways. The Colts are tied with Buffalo for the league lead in takeaways with 16. The Colts have forced a turnover in eight straight games. Keep your eye on Titans running back Derrick Henry. The best running back in the NFL has topped at least 100 yards in four straight games against the Colts, rushing for 542. That's 135.5 per game and four touchdowns in those matchups. And he picked up 113 on the ground against Indianapolis in week three. Interesting game here, and I think you just want to follow the money when it comes to the line and who you're going to take because it's a tough game. Opened up Tennessee as a one-point favorite, uh, total 47.5. But that is uh, flipped the fence. <laughs> it's been 2.5 all week, guys, but I'm telling you right now, we're seeing Indiana, Indianapolis minus 3, minus 3 even at Sports Interaction, uh, minus 2.5 with some heavy juice uh, elsewhere, obviously not wanting to go to that 3, some of these books, and getting that sharp money to take the 3. But the professionals have laid the money all the way up to through 2.5. Uh, total now 51, David. What do you got here? Yeah, you know what? I see threes on the board, so they're coming. They're coming for the for the Colts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, by the way, is a question mark. Xavier Rhodes, also a question mark. Likely to play, but definitely game-time decisions. As far as the Titans are concerned, we know that Julio Jones is out once again with a hamstring injury. That's been uh, really uh, bad on him, especially the last couple of years. Uh, Chris Jackson is a question mark. Kendall Lamb is also a question mark for the Titans. The Colts have dominated uh, this matchup. Uh, they've won 22 of the last 26. Uh, Tennessee did win, I guess, uh, about a month ago. So Tennessee is 1-0 in the matchup this year. Kind of makes this an uh, uh, absolute kitchen sink must game for Indianapolis in the division. If they lose this game, they're down a division break. They're down almost three games in the division. Um Indy's defense has been, you know, and it, it's been really good. I mean, they could stop Henry, I guess. This is a tough game, but but I guess people are looking at, is it a letdown? I mean, it's not a letdown spot in the division, but you've got two huge primetime wins for Tennessee. You know, they beat Buffalo, they beat Kansas City. Uh, it's it's a pretty tough little gauntlet to to mm. uh, have to get this one here too. Uh, I'm just gonna follow the money here. Uh, I I laid the the points or whatever pool. Actually, in my pool, I think I got a point and a half on Tennessee, which was interesting. Um, I would lean Indianapolis here, but that number's got to three, so it would definitely not make my card. Yeah, Darius Leonard, uh, the star on defense for the Colts, saying there's no such thing as must-win games, and then promptly said it's a must-win game for the Indianapolis Colts today. Um, yeah, I, is there such a thing as a letdown spot in this division game? I, I don't know, maybe, but I do lean the Colts here. Uh, I don't love it because, uh, I, again, that Tennessee defense, it shut down Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs last week, but still bled all those points against the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah. 
Carson Wentz looks like he's playing some good football. He's not turning over the football. Michael Pittman has been a revelation. And let's not forget, guys, Jonathan Taylor is just running the lights out of the football. He is right behind Derrick Henry right now uh, in the NFL in rushing yards. I think this could potentially be a big, big Jonathan Taylor spot, David. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And speaking of running uh, spots, I have a spot here that I'd like to lock in right now. Uh, Ryan Tannehill back in week number three against the same Colts defense run for 56 yards right now at Sports Interaction. I'm going to take the over on Tannehill rushing. I have him over 14 and a half yards at minus 120, and that is officially a lock. We'll um, talk to. That's very good. This is Sorry, yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I almost can't speak anymore. I'm so afraid. Um, <laughs> I would. Uh, I would look at uh, Jonathan Taylor's uh, over rushing yards in this one. I also would look at the over in this one. I think this mm. one feels like uh, a bit of a. I. I don't know if you call it a shootout as much as a runout. I mean, it's mm. just a run out yeah. that they, they run up and down the field, and you've got they score on every drive, but they only get like six drives each because they they last eight minutes. Um, I still think that we could see this game go over. I would lean over on this game uh, on the card. Nice uh, conditions too, right? No, of course, perfect conditions. Uh, Titans twenty four on the team total. Colts twenty seven on the team total. And uh, Steve. Uh, right now, alternate spread. Oh uh, no, Tennessee three and a half is minus one fifty-two. Can't do that. But again, this feels like a good spot for the Indianapolis Colts to me as well. It's just, it's tough to trust the Colts sometimes, right? And we had a texter in, um, Jonathan from Toronto. Titans by a field goal. Carson Wentz is still bad at football. That's all you need. All right. Well, it's tough to argue that point, Jonathan. That until Carson Wentz shows me a lot more, although he's done a great job of protecting the football lately, uh, this could potentially be a Carson Wentz uh, and, big and game for him. Tennessee, Tennessee might be a team that I've just gotten wrong this year. I mean, they might be just really good, um, uh, or or are they really good because they got the best running back in football? Well, I mean, that, they're physical. That, that's going to help. You will say this about the Titans. They're physical. They're a physical football team, and they impose their will on some teams, and that's what they did to that bad, bad Kansas City defense last week. All right, let's squeeze in one more before we get to Phil Gray. It's the 6-1 and one Los Angeles Rams at the 1-6 and six Houston Texans for a 1 p.m. Eastern kick at NRG Stadium. Los Angeles has won three in a row while Houston has dropped six straight. The Rams have won six in a row against the AFC South, with their last loss to that to that division coming on November third, twenty thirteen. Rams defensive lineman Aaron Donald has three and a half sacks and five tackles for losses combined in his last five road games. Donald had a sack and forced fumble in his last game against the Texans. Houston quarterback Davis Mills will start and has thrown seven picks on the road, but in two home games, he has four touchdown passes and no interceptions. Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford leads the NFL in total QBR 78.8 and trails only Tom Brady in touchdown passes this season with 19. Stafford ranks third in passing yards and yards per attempt. Keep your eye on Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup, who became the fifth wide receiver to record at least nine catches, 125 receiving yards, and two touchdowns in consecutive games last week. Cup will face a Texans defense that is allowing an average of 12.6 yards per reception and 29 points per game. 
Rams open as a full two touchdown uh, favorite on the road in sports interaction. 14 points, uh, total 46. Uh, obviously, that number has gone up to 16 and a half. Uh, interesting enough, more money on the uh, dog from the public. So that's professional money that's not afraid to push this number to 16 and a half, total 46 and a half. Dave, you say that Tyrod Taylor is not playing. That's not a good thing. No, no, I, I, I'd be a lot more comfortable with uh, with Taylor at quarterback. Mind you, if Taylor was at quarterback, we could see a couple less points there if you're looking at the Texans. Quickly, uh, the Rams will not be dressing uh, Sean Jackson, not injury-related, resting the player. There's been a lot of talk that they're trying to move the veteran receiver, and he's not part of their plans this season. Andrew Whitworth will not play as well with the knee injury. Sebastian Joseph Day is out with a chest injury. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is a question mark with an illness. On the other side for the Texans, Justin Britt is out with a knee injury. Actually, make that a question mark. I'm sorry. Farrell Brown also a question mark with a thigh injury for the home side Texans. Do you think the Rams look at it last week and say there were three big double-digit favorites and we're the only one that didn't manage to cover and want to take care of that? Um, I'd like to also know uh, who uh, who the Rams have pictures with to get the uh, back-to-back schedule that they just get. I mean, talk about having a three-week bye in the middle of the season. Um, I, I don't see how Davis Mills keeps up with the Rams, and I would lean to laying the points. I guess I hate that, yeah, but I would again. It's it's very similar to the Bills and Dolphins game, right? Although that's a division game, this is an this is an outside of the conference matchup, and oof, uh, the Texans at least have been decent at home. And I gave you the Davis yep. Mills numbers at home; he's been pretty good at home. I just don't know how they keep this close. And the Rams, this just feels like a Daryl Henderson matchup where he's just going to run it down their throats. They're going to bleed the clock and just score you- some easy touchdowns. Do you guys have any concerns considering the Lions covered the heavy number against the Rams in L.A.? That's a different spot, right? That was the revenge, yeah. Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of emotion. Okay. Yeah. Just There's no narratives there. here whatsoever. You just think yeah. the Rams are going to go into Houston and just kick a hole in the Texans. It, that was probably, if Goff was ever going to play a great game, that was probably as good as that was it. you're going to see Jared Goff play. And he's and he managed to keep it close for a half. And <laughs> you better cover my cover. three and a half today. Yeah, so I I don't I don't compare these two. I, like I said, I think the Rams had that that weird game last week. I think they just go back out and take care of business today. I but I you know you're never going to put see me putting my money down minus six sixteen and a half. So well, who'd you I take will at the bar, though. I laid the points. Yeah, me too. I laid the points. Yeah, and I didn't like it, but I took the Rams. Oh, I didn't like it. As a matter of fact, like I wrote a complaint at the bottom saying I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like You're laying sixteen it. and a half in the NFL. <laughs> I just, I, it's a personal thing. It's a, it's a, it's a matter of principle. I don't like it, but I did it uh, anyways. A lot of big, big doggies on the board right now to talk about that and to look around the lines for Sunday. He's the head of trading operations for Sports Interaction. We say good morning to Phil Gray. Phil, how are you? I'm doing quite well, gentlemen. Thanks for having me, George. Uh, no problem. We, it's always a pleasure. Um, Phil, how many of those big, big underdogs are getting some money line action this morning? Been a strange beast this NFL season, George, and uh, everybody's on the saves, and though, and they're all in parlays, and they're all tees. So we'll be sitting on uh, quite a liability for for those games this week again. Again. Phil, explain to me uh, a little bit. We talked about this morning. You're saying the numbers going towards Cleveland, yet uh, your liability is on Pittsburgh. Uh, Explain to me how you're dealing with that number and what you're seeing there. 
Yeah, juggling act. I've seen that quite a few times uh, this season. A lot of those public dogs are hitting, and the line starts to move the other way, and I have to uh, kind of judge you know, how far I can stray from that line. I've got a big uh, big liability on Pittsburgh right now. You know, I'd, I'd like to go to four and a half or five, but uh, the board isn't moving right now, so I've got to kind of juggle the money line against the spread there and uh, hope that I can get uh, some Cleveland buyback on a straight up. Phil, kind of curious, we talked earlier in the week and uh, you mentioned that the Bengals-Jets game was one of the larger handles and I was really yeah. surprised by that considering yeah. how one-sided that 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 result could look like. Is it still the same? Yeah, everybody got caught on that. Uh, that the look-ahead line on that last, last spring was, I was telling you, David, was actually the Jets minus one. Flipped around to Cincinnati minus three uh, a couple of weeks ago. As, as far as a uh, back as a week ago you get Cincinnati at minus three they got hot and that line has jumped you know up to 11 and a half now so kind of unique you don't really see that in the NFL so a lot of books got no. stuck on three and uh, not really getting any jet buyback money right now so that's again going to be one of the uh, the biggest parlay uh leans that we have Phil we haven't talked about this game it's the the Monday Sunday nighter I guess it's later on tonight but yeah. uh Dallas, Minnesota. This line more open. Minnesota. Yeah. Dallas is a two and a half point favorite. Minnesota two and a half point two and a half now. We don't know yeah. Dak's playing, not playing. What are you dealing here? Yeah, full five point swing there. You know, as late as a few two, few days ago, uh, Dallas was minus two and a half, and all the money was on them there, and it's still coming in on them straight up right now. Again, some uncertainty. He went on ESPN said it wasn't really his choice whether or not he was going to play. So all the books think he's not going to play, and that's flipped around to Minnesota minus two and a half right now, but still not taking any Minnesota money. It is all Cowboys, and that will be a huge concern for a Dallas win for the books on Sunday night. Phil Gray head of trading operations for Sports Interaction. Joining us here on Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Uh, Phil, what's the action on that Bucks and Saints game? That's the primetime game in the 4 o'clock window. Huge, and everybody's on the Bucks again, Georgia. No, no surprise there. I'm not really seeing any buyback on, on New Orleans. These are straight up around the spread. It's going to be a big liability as well. We're going to be sitting on a lot of concerns this Sunday. It's, uh, this, 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 this could be a make or break for the books uh, this week. I know you guys have a lot of tears for us, but uh, oh, yeah. sure uh, sure another is. big losing Sunday uh, would, would, would not go over well. I think as the weekend said, uh, Phil, just save your tears for another day. Mm-hmm. Steve, you know who the weekend is? is? That's, that's, that's surprising. Wow, you're yeah, up on your podcast. Yeah, he spells it with the end, though. So, yeah, he, I thought, he spells the full thing. I put thing, the so. E, Dave. I put the E in. You know, if you're going to tell a joke, get it right. I thought you were oblivious <laughs> to anything past 1979, Steve. Wow, I'm impressed. Oh, we've been out, Phil. You've seen me sh- shake my uh, tail feather. I'm too distracted by that. I'd love to see you shake your tail feather. Hey, earlier on, uh, we talked about the Lions and getting three and a half points. Yeah. Uh, there, was, yeah. there was some talk that that's going to be bought down to three. Are we close to that or, or where are we ready, going with ready, that? Ready, to, ready to lose the hook there. Ready to lose the hook. I think uh, uh, pretty, yes. pretty much ready to drop back onto the Lions. Uh, yeah, again, that uh, you know one of the public dogs, uh, straight up and the spread is, is all Detroit money. I'm kind of hedging there and uh, thinking I might just lay that uh, half point and let you take it and hope for an Eagles win. Uh, we just talked about it, Phil. Interesting. Uh, the Titans have swung from a one-point favorite to a, a another three one. Three-point dog. Yeah. yeah, another one. 
what what's going on here we're, we're seeing indianapolis taking money all the way up you're sitting at three a lot of guys are sitting two and a half with huge juice on that favorite and you should tell people the, the books that usually put the huge juice on the favorite that's because they want to keep the sharps off because professionals don't like to lay juice right that's a that's a good uh, nod that you might want to take the dog yeah well yeah at this point you know i'd rather i'd rather give tennessee the half point and make you pay for it rather than drop off three go back down to two and a half and uh, take a bunch of Colts money which I, I haven't seen yet and that's another strange one Steve because that uh, that flipped around and I really don't see a reason for it because uh, all the money with me is uh, straight up and spread with Tennessee so again one of those difficult games for me to manage Dave's I think Dave's uh, mic is gone is Dave Mike's um that's fine um real quick here too is that better Okay. Uh, are you there? Hello? Are you there? Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Ooh, Sorry spooky stuff happening. Hey, spooky hey, stuff. Hey, as Steve would say, a ghost in the machine. Um, yeah. Okay, quickly. Uh, Jacksonville. <laughs> like that, eh? J- Jacksonville looks like they're taking some money on the road. Is there some faith in the Jags on the road? Are, are we are we seeing this correctly? A surprisingly low handle on that game. I'll be talking about it later right now, but uh, solid fours across the board. Um, not really a lot of action on it, so uh, mm. one of the games really not on my on my radar right now. Okay, uh, Phil Gray is the head of training operations for Sports Interaction. Phil, thanks for this. Happy Halloween, pal. You bet, guys. See you next week. Thanks. Straight ahead, we'll talk to our pal Todd Furman of the Bet the Board podcast and analyst for CBS Sports HQ. We still have a ton of games to preview. We'd also love to hear from you. Shoot us a text. 590, 590, name and location, what you love today, and the why. It's Sports Interactions Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, the Halloween edition, along the Sportsnet Radio Network. CJCL Toronto. Sportsnet 590, the fan. It's Halloween today, but it always feels like Christmas or our birthday when Todd lights up Steve. But I could also see taking the square bear approach and teasing Green Bay down. I'm not sure Washington has enough to go in a Lambo and win this game outright. But at the same time, I'm not sure I feel comfortable uh, laying eight, eight and a half with the Packers. Yeah, square bear. I like that. I'm on a Green Bay, New England uh, teaser. Does that make me a square bear? Uh, you were a square bear long before you announced your bets for this week, Steve. Back to <laughs> Inside the Lines Halloween Edition. Oh, on the Sportsnet Radio Network. <laughs> Eleven to one in Toronto on Sportsnet five ninety. The fan nine to one in Calgary on Sportsnet nine sixty. Eight to one in Vancouver on Sportsnet six fifty. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet Radio Network. He is the co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast and analyst for CBS Sports HQ. We say good morning to Todd Furman. Todd, how are you? I'm doing very well this Halloween, gentlemen. How are you boys holding up? We're, we're excited for a busy, busy week eight. Uh, Steve and Dave are all over the Lions getting the points today at home against the Eagles. I can't wrap my head around it. Can you make a case for the Detroit Lions today? I can make a case, but I won't have enough to get me to the window here. When you look at this number, it suggests that there is all sorts of value on Detroit. 
And all we have to do is hit the rewind button a few short weeks where Cincinnati went in here, and obviously they cruised to victory, but they closed a three-and-a-half-point favorite against these same Lions as well, which suggests that Cincinnati and Philadelphia are somewhat close on a neutral field. For me, I make that number about four-and-a-half. But at the same time, what's interesting about this is Detroit is getting about seven out of every ten tickets in the betting market, which I find fascinating for a winless team despite being four and three against the number. My biggest concern here with the Lions is what did they leave out there on the football field last week against the Rams when you saw an onside kick, a couple of fake punts, and everything else? I think Philadelphia realizes this is one of the few opportunities they have to get a big win, and they were called out by their coaching staff leading into this one. So it's a game I'll be on the sidelines, but I can tell you all the three-and-a-halves are starting to disappear from the market. Uh, happy Halloween, Todd. Glad to see that you're dressed up as a handicapper for Halloween this year. It's uh, apropos, it's I imagine. <laughs> Every now so, and again, I have to act like I know what I'm talking about, Steve. This is a perfect day for it. An absolute perfect day. It's okay. It's I've I've made my whole career on just not what you know. It's what they think you know. So I'm 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 right there with you, Todd. So we talked about uh, the big making a case for the big dogs last week. Uh, one of the three managed to managed to cover in uh, the uh, lines over the Rams. We have the we have Miami taking fourteen and a half. We have the Jets taking eleven and a half. And we have uh, what is the other big one? There's another big one out there. Who? Uh, oh yeah, sixteen and a half. Rams sixteen and a half. Which one of those uh, dogs are you gonna make a case for today? Uh, I think the only one that I could even stomach, and I even probably don't have enough intestinal fortitude to try and back them here, would be the Jets. And the reason I say that is the strength of the situational spot more than anything else. When you look at the Bengals and what they've accomplished in recent weeks, they have a huge divisional game on deck with the Cleveland Browns. And it's a lot different when you go from being an underdog in a lot of those games to needing to win a game by double digits to get your backers to the window. Of course, the Jets have done nothing to instill people with confidence. We know Mike White will be getting the start there. And you do wonder how the Jets are going to muster up some points. But this is an extremely low total. It's a double-digit spread for a Bengals team in unfamiliar territory. So the Jets, as ugly as it sounds, would be the only way to look in that game. I can see a scenario in the Rams game where the Rams are able to build an early lead and pile it on. If Tyrod Taylor was out there, it would have been a different narrative and dynamic for me. Mm. And as far as Miami and Buffalo, this is a Bills team who's had multiple weeks to sit on that unfortunate loss on Monday Night Football. I think this could be more of the same for the hurting they put on the Dolphins the first time these two teams played. John, I'm kind of curious how you look at that divisional game between the Titans and the Colts. Uh, These two teams uh, faced off a couple weeks back with the Titans getting the better of them, but they've had so many big games, the Titans, and and there's more to come too. Is, Is this the right spot to bet the Tennessee Titans getting points? Not for me. I can understand why some people are trying to make a case to use Tennessee as a teaser, taking them up through the seven, but it's Colts or pass. I unfortunately missed the number here, had this game circled, didn't take one, didn't lay a cheap money line, and now the betting market has kind of priced me out with making a case for Indy. But you look at this Colts team, and I think they're still a little bit undervalued. They're starting to get healthier along the offensive line. T.Y. Hilton should be a go today opposite Michael Pittman. You're going to get your right tackle back in Braden Smith. And we saw how much more formidable they were in the trenches, even in the quagmire they played in in San Francisco on the offensive line with Quentin Nelson back. Meanwhile, Tennessee, no Julio Jones. And the secondary, I think, and their strong performance against the Chiefs was a bit of a mirage. I think this is a game where Carson Wentz can continue his hot hand and the Colts find a way to at least tighten up this division race for a week because for all intents and purposes, if Tennessee wins on the road at Indy, they can secure the AFC South almost as fast as the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. Todd, would you lean over in that game? 
Sorry, George. Quickly. Uh, you know what? I would have uh, initially. The unfortunate part is you've gone through a couple of key numbers. This total opened as low as 47 and a half, and now we're out to 51. My biggest fear here is that Indianapolis doesn't give up a ton of big plays. So Tennessee may need to be methodical. And an interesting note here for DFS players, I know there's no Julio Jones, and you think there's going to be a larger target share for A.J. Brown, uh, but he has typically struggled against Matt Eberflus's defense. I know he had a big performance last year, uh, but I just don't think Tennessee is going to be able to pick up chunk yardage and get those explosive plays you need to comfortably go over a total in the low 50s. Todd Furman from the Bet the Board podcast, an analyst for CBS Sports HQ, joining us here on Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet radio network. Another very intriguing game from Cleveland today between the Steelers and the Browns. Todd, how key is it that the Browns are getting all their offensive linemen back for this game? Oh, it's definitely a huge help. I mean, we saw what Dearness Jackson, Johnson, excuse me, could do uh, on a short week against the Denver Broncos uh, with Cleveland not being at full strength in the trenches. This team is only going to get better where it matters most up front. I think it takes some of the pressure off of Baker Mayfield, but they're also going to run into a much more tenacious defensive front. That was a Denver team that was down six out of eight starting linebackers of sorts as they've been ravaged at that position. Pittsburgh is getting healthier in the trenches in their own right. Uh, And when you look at this number, it's been interesting to see it open at three, tick out to four. I'm not sure Baker Mayfield warrants this kind of move. Uh, And this is a Pittsburgh Steelers team that's been great as a divisional dog with Big Ben under center, 12-5 and against the number there. He's been outstanding with extended rest. And I think Pittsburgh's had this game circled since they laid an absolute egg in the playoffs against the Browns. So I think the number could come into play here would lean towards Pittsburgh plus the points. I'm, uh, you know, really not uh, breaking any news here where I where I've said uh, and a lot of people have said Geno Smith has not looked very good with this Seattle offense Uh, watching the Monday night game thoroughly from top to bottom at times. It looks like he can even throw the ball. Are we are we looking at a a really good opportunity plus the points and betting the visiting Jacksonville Jaguars, even though you kind of want to hold your breath, Todd? I mean, it's rare that you could probably make the case that Jacksonville has the better quarterback uh, going into a game, and you have to like what you've seen from Trevor Lawrence continuing to show signs of development early on in his career through only six games. I think this is a Seattle defense that, you know, can be vulnerable to the deep ball. We haven't seen Jacksonville's weapons on full display by any stretch of the imagination. And you also have a level of familiarity on the other side of the ball. Jacksonville paid a king's ransom to bring Shaq Griffin over. He knows what you're going to get from the likes of a TJ Lockett or Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf out there. So that's an intangible edge that I think the Jags can use to their benefit. Plus, the strength this Jags defense has been stopping the run. So if they can make Seattle a little bit more one-dimensional, I definitely think the dog makes sense. I can also tell Mm -hmm. you this has been one of the sneakiest overs of the week as well, from 43 up to 44.5. That's what I was going to ask you, Todd. I mean, Geno's gone against uh, Pittsburgh and New Orleans defense. Uh, Neither of these two defenses inspire me much. I was going to ask you about that over. So you are uh, on that over as well? Uh, yep, it's definitely suppressed. I haven't actually moved on it myself. Uh, I missed this 43. want to make sure that there's going to be no weather. It doesn't appear to be. Uh, may try and attack a derivative total and look to go over in the first half. Just because when you look at some of the total markets, especially in the lower 40s, 43 and 44 are the key. So 44, if you're shopping around, would be my absolute cutoff if you were going to go over in this one. Uh, Todd, last one for me. Uh, we talked about it with Phil a little bit, but interesting. Uh, Cowboys open two and a half. Now Minnesota minus two and a half. A lot of question out there whether it's going to be Dak, how healthy it's going to be Dak. Uh, what's your, what are you seeing on this game? 
Yeah, this is a game that, that I bet early in the week. I took one with Minnesota, figuring that even if Dak played and was 100%, I like the spot for Minnesota. Now, I know the dynamic is a little bit different here, but what I think is fascinating is we saw Dallas move all the way into the role of being a three-point dog. A report earlier this morning from Adam Schefter says Dak has traveled with the team. He's going to test things out in pregame warm-ups. I'm still operating of the mindset that the Cowboys, if they have any hesitation, would be absolutely foolish to put him yeah. out there and risk further injury to a calf. Losing to Minnesota in week eight is not that big a deal when you know that the division still is very much in reach. You have firm control there, and it's something that you're not going to be able to accomplish if Cooper Rush is your quarterback going forward. So with the number coming off a three down to two and a half, I think it's created an opportunity for those folks that missed the first wave to still back Minnesota here because even if Dak is out there, this is a tenacious defense that can get after the quarterback, and if his mobility is compromised, I think it could be in for a long day. Plus, I'm not buying the Cowboys' defense with a step up in class here against Minnesota. Todd, just yeah. as a follow, just as a, t- a follow up, Todd. I mean, Dallas could literally go on a three week bye right now and come back with probably a three week, a three game lead in the division. I mean, that's got to play into their heads, uh, the narrative emotionally as as well. So, I, I can't see why Dallas is going to be showing any huge effort here tonight. You told me that was your last question. So is that a declarative yeah. statement, or are you asking my opinion on my assessment here, Steve? I'm asking your opinion. I always ask your opinion. I don't even I don't even get up and have a cup of coffee in the morning until I've gotten your opinion. Todd, well, which shirt should I, I wear? I agree with everything you said there. I think the Cowboys have visions of obviously vying for a division title and trying to fight the Green Bay Packers, maybe for the number one seed in the NFC. So if you think that the calf can get worse by playing him today, especially on that artificial surface in Minnesota, there's no reason to try and risk further injury and I think Minnesota knows their season hangs in the balance I mean this is a team that should have at least four wins maybe five a loss here regardless of who the starting quarterback was for Dallas would be devastating and let's not ignore that Minnesota lost at home last year to the Cowboys backup quarterback as a seven-point favorite that won't have been lost on Mike Zimmer and company throughout the course of the bye week Todd, uh, Todd uh, can... oh go ahead George sorry go, David. Go, go, sorry uh, Todd how can you trust the Chiefs as double-digit favorites at home on Monday night with that defense Yeah, I'm not really sure you can, to be quite honest here. When you look at how Kansas City has performed, clearly this offense is a little bit broken. It's much more of a dink and dunk type mentality than anything else. Given what we've seen, their opposing defenses are taking away the big plays over the top. And I think it's frustrated Patrick Mahomes to no end. So when you're looking at this, knowing the Giants are going to have a couple of weapons for this game, looks like Kadarius Toney and Sterling Shepard will be out there. As trendy as it may be, it's underdog or pass, especially when you look at how prolific the Giants have been covering numbers away from home, where you typically bet against them in their own building, but you catch all sorts of value when they take it out on the road. John, this has been a lot of fun. Now let's wrap it up with uh, your, your board picks. Uh, what have we missed so far and what do you like today? You know, we'll go to one of the bigger games in the afternoon slate. A lot of these numbers, unfortunately, guys, have been beat up some, but there still is some value to go under 24 in the first half between Tampa and New Orleans. I think this is a Saints team that's going to go out there, be run heavy. We've seen Marshawn Lattimore really neutralize Mike Evans in the past, takes away one of the key weapons that Tom Brady typically has at his disposal. So I think you're going to see that game a little bit more buttoned up. Uh, I'll also go under in the first half with Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Do shop around. There are a couple of rogue 21s that are out there. These are two teams play at a snail's pace early on. There's a high level of familiarity, and I can't imagine Cleveland's going to try and employ a vertical passing game with Baker, still dealing with a little bit of that shoulder injury. We talked about the Vikings. If you can find a, a cheap money line, I think Dak does get ruled out at some point later today. Even if he doesn't, I feel comfortable with a Minnesota ticket at laying $1.40. And you know what? We haven't done this yet this year, so let's try it once. 
Let's go to the ice, and we'll make a case for an underdog Ooh. here. Uh, we're going to take the Buffalo Sabres plus a buck and a quarter against the L.A. Kings. I like this Kings team quite a bit, but I do think they're overpriced playing a back-to-back. You saw them rally from a one-goal deficit early against the Canadiens. And with Dustin Tokarski out there, I think this Buffalo team has an excellent chance. I made the game much closer to pick them, so I'll take the 20 cents of value with them playing the matinee performance at Staples Center. And Talk, finally, are you a head. good? Are you wait, wait, wait? Are you a Hold good on. house to visit on Halloween, or are you a bad house? Are kids walking by your house going, "Don't go there"? He gives you like unwrapped Smarties, or is like oh, that guy gives you a car? <laughs> First of all, apple, Todd, you, you know there. what Smarties are? I do know what sm- I do know what Smarties okay. are, and uh, okay. Smarties right. always got relegated to that secondary candy pile. So that's why I would tell people in the GTA to avoid Steve Rapp's house at all costs. He, although he's probably only. the guy that he turns the lights off and pretends he's not home. I can see him operating like that. But as far as this house, I honestly panned off the baton. That's and, true. you know, my soon-to-be mother-in-law wants to get involved. So her and my fiancé will be handing out candy. I'll probably be yelling at the TV in some capacity watching football. Okay. Okay, well, oh, hold on, Todd. Get out of my head because I was going to ask you about what are you hearing in the desert, real quick here, Jack Eichel to the Golden Knights. Is that something that's actually close? If it does happen, I'll be extremely disappointed. Uh, I don't think Eichel is what this Golden Knights team needs from a leadership standpoint or anything else. So uh, I know the Knights have been very interested in trying to acquire him as they're chasing after all this high-end talent. I'm not sure Eichel is exactly what this team needs to get over the hump, especially as they try and get their roster healthy with Pacioretty, Stone, and a couple other key contributors already missing extended time. Ooh, Todd Furman, uh, former oddsmaker turned co-founder of the Bet the Board podcast and analyst for CBS Sports HQ. Todd, always a pleasure. Thanks for this. Happy Halloween, pal. You got it, gentlemen. I'll talk to you soon, and best of luck with your picks today. Uh, we have a ton of games left to preview. Uh, lots, lots, lots. Jets and Browns. Uh, sorry, Jets and Bengals, Browns and Steelers, 49ers and Bears, the 4 o'clock window. Lots of stuff still to come. We'd love to hear from you as well. Shoot us a text, 590-590, name and location, what you love today, and the why. We'll read your texts when we give you our picks at around 12.25 p.m. Eastern. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. The Steelers are coming off a bye and face Cleveland for the first time since getting killed by the Browns on Wild Card Weekend. Steelers dead last in the league in rushing. And they start with a horrible snap all the way back to the two-yard line and the... Browns bounce it into the end zone where they wind up with a touchdown. Can Steve Rapp's favorite quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger... Ben tries to reach, he'll fall over his big concrete shoes that he was buried in concrete in because he's already dead. Have a big day against the Browns. (laughs) Back to Inside the Lines, Halloween edition. (laughs) With Rapp, Bastel, and Russick. 11.22 11.22 in Toronto, 9.22 in Calgary, 8.22 in Vancouver. It's Inside the Lines. Brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. A ton of games left to preview. Next hour, Connor Allen from 4for4.com and the Move the Line podcast was giving you some prop gold last week. We have a ton of games to preview. We'd also love to hear from you. Shoot us a text, 590-590, name and location, what you love today. 
and the why. Gentlemen, let's dive back into the previews, and let's start with the 5-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals at the 1-5 and five New York Jets for a 1 p.m. Eastern kick at MetLife Stadium. Cincinnati has won the last three meetings in 2013, 16, and 19. Cincinnati's 49-9 win in 2013 was the largest margin of victory by either side. The Jets have been outscored in the first quarter 44 to nothing. Well, the Bengals have scored 34 points in their first possession after halftime, which is the most in the NFL. The Bengals' defense ranks fourth in the NFL in yards allowed per play at 5.1 and yards per attempt allowed 6.6 and sixth in yards per rush allowed at 3.99. Cincinnati is second in the NFL in yards per pass play 9.22 and third in yards per play at 6.2 and have scored on every one of their red zone possessions. Seven TDs, six field goals. The Jets defense is seventh best against the pass at home by giving up 206 yards per game. Keep your eye on New York quarterback Mike White who will make his first NFL start a week after taking his first NFL snaps in place of the injured Zach Wilson. The 26-year-old was a fifth-round pick of Dallas out of Western Kentucky in 2018, threw a touchdown pass on his first throw as a pro last week at New England, but had two picks. Uh, let's go to the Don Best screen. We'll talk about the look-ahead line for this one, the game before uh, what happened last week. Uh, Zach Wilson going down, Cincinnati beating Baltimore. It was three and a half with a total of 45. You know what, guys? It's no longer three and a half. It is now 11 mm. and a half at Sports Interaction. Mm. The Cincinnati Bungles on the road. Uh, the total has obviously dropped because of uh, the quarterback situation down to 42 and a half. Tell us about your J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Dave. I have one question for you. They've been yeah. outscored 44 to nothing in the first quarter. Is that bad? Yeah, it's not bad. It's it's not good. I can confirm that. Correct. Uh, Tevin Coleman out, guys. Uh, He joined Zach Wilson, Bryce Hoff uh, on the sidelines. And to add to it, Corey Davis likely to miss this game as well. He's listed as doubtful with a hip injury. Uh, CJ Mosley is a question mark. So is Shaq Lawson for the Jets. Bengals relatively healthy backup running back. Chris Evans is out with a hamstring pull. Aiden Tate is also uh, a question mark for the Bengals. Secondary receiver. Um, I don't see a scenario where the Jets can compete with this, Steve. Yeah, other than the, I mean, the only, if you want to look at something, you can look at a kind of a sandwich for Cincinnati. They they went a huge win last week. Maybe you could say one of their biggest bit wins in decades against Baltimore. Uh, next week they have Cleveland. So no reason to really spend a, spend a lot of time and attention on this game other than the fact they want to win. I just gave that number that they've been outscored 44 nothing in the in the first quarter. There's got to be a way that we can take advantage of that at Sports Interaction, take a look at some first quarter numbers and assume that there's no reason to think that trend's not going to stop. They only hold the ball for about five minutes of possession time on on average in the first quarter uh, again and this is a big 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 line but I, right away when a guy's making his first NFL start uh, you, you, I automatically gravitate to the other side and again I know you say bungles but man that was an impressive win oh, they're last good week. no no I, yeah. I didn't say you that. know what it is no, too no more because everyone bungles again, no all more the, yeah all the headlines are it's Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and, and rightfully so but the defense has been stellar which is so weird to say for the Bengals because they've been such a doormat for years and years and years. I just don't know how the Jets score. I, I really don't well, know. Like, let me ask the, you a question though: Is at this point in time of of her life that we really don't know much about uh, what's the guy's name? Mike White. Yeah, Mike White, twenty six year old rookie. Um, 
can we say that he's that much worse than Zach Wilson right now? I mean, I mean, I don't know yeah, how but, many points they're giving. I mean, if it was three and a half, it's now 11 and a half. What are they giving? Eight and a half. Sure. To, uh, this guy, is he, is he eight and a half points worse than Zach Wilson? I mean, I don't think I'm eight and a half points worse than Zach Wilson. Well, the problem is when he tastes the NFL and uh, facing off against stiff competition, he also threw two interceptions last week in his limited time against the New England Patriots. The one thing I do like in this game, and I wrote about it on sportsnet.ca for my props piece, I don't know how you can't ride Jamar Chase, David. I know it's uh, the Jets have been pretty good against the pass, actually, this season, but he has racked up. So many receiving yards. He is absolutely on fire. He has over 500 receiving yards over his last three games. He's scorching hot. The number I wrote about was 76.5. It's up to 77.5 at Sports Interaction. I don't know how you don't take Jamar Chase to have some blockbuster plays today. Are you putting him in the De- De- sorry, Dave, are you putting him in the DeAndre Hopkins and Cooper Cup category? I mean, never not, mind yet. not yet. Rookie. Is he one of the best receivers in the league? Well, well I uh, probably. Right, because receiver is the one position that you yep. can come out and explode and be an impact player. Yeah, Correct. don't put him in the Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams, but he's an explosive guy, and there was a reason why they took him so high in the draft. And I think we were even critical. Why aren't you Everybody taking was. Panay Sewell? Why aren't you protecting your franchise quarterback? But credit to the Bengals, that combo has been absolutely on fire, Dave. Yeah, but we haven't really said it too much in the last uh, three decades that the Bengals got it right, but I think the Bengals got it right. Uh, and, it's and amazing can... what a franchise quarterback will do for you, though. I mean, they got it <laughs> yeah. right when they took yeah. Joe Burrow. I of mean, like, it, it's amazing what you put a guy in there, you know it, health-wise is going to be there for the next 15 years and is going to take you to playoff games. I mean, this guy is just a beast out there. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's gonna he's a guy that we're going to watch for. All. He's going to be a good one in this league for some he, years. You know what, guys, before we move on i do have something i want to lock in for this game uh mainly because i like the sounder than uh, anything else i'll be honest with you i I got the Bengals in the first half minus the six and a half points it's under a touchdown the way the jets play in the first quarter of every single game in first half i'm pretty confident Bengals minus six and a half first half i do agree with you lock them in And I just want to correct something real quick, too. Uh, Jamar Chase, 457 yards over his past three games, which is still an amazing number. Is that good? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good. Is that good? Good. Just checking. All right. Uh, We should move on because we have a ton of games still to get to. We haven't even wrapped up the 1 o'clock window, and this one's a super intriguing game. It's the 3-3 Pittsburgh Steelers at the 4-3 Cleveland Browns for a 1 p.m. Eastern start at First Energy Stadium. The Steelers have owned the Browns since 1999, going 36-9-1, but Cleveland has won two of the last three, including last season's playoff matchup. Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield received medical clearance on Friday night to play and is expected to start today despite a torn left labrum, and a shoulder fracture, his non-throwing shoulder. The Steelers have just five takeaways through six games after producing 27 in 2020 and will face a Cleveland offensive line that is fully intact for the first time since their opener. Browns defensive end Miles Garrett leads the league with nine and a half sacks. Garrett has five sacks in six career games against Pittsburgh. Keep your eye on the ground game. The Browns have the league's best run game and the number two run defense. Pittsburgh's beleaguered running game is finally getting some traction. The Steelers have gone over 100 yards rushing in each of their last two games after doing it once in their previous 16. 
Guys, I don't usually get them wrong like this as far as picking numbers that are going to move in my favor or against me, but I got this one wrong. Uh, Pittsburgh open, uh, sorry, Cleveland opened the sports interaction two and a half and a total of 45. Uh, this number had gone up to three and a half, and I grabbed Pittsburgh plus three and a half, figuring that we'd probably see three again by game time. I was wrong. Uh, it's gone to Cleveland minus four. Totals come down two points, and I actually see some four and a halfs on the Oof. board. Uh, I, I I don't see it, Dave. If you ask me, this is it's, we're, we're we're Halloween, right? This is Halloween. What better this, time? This is the handicap in Halloween. Okay, for the, yeah. yeah, this is Halloween. This time, the rotting corpse of Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> yeah. rises like that Undertaker meme. From Ooh. the coffin out, yep. you know, and then, you know, people aren't supposed to use that meme anyway because it's overused. But the riding corpse of Ben lifts up and wins this game that they've had circled coming off a buy in or the healthier team. That's why I took Pittsburgh plus three and a half. Ooh, I like it. I like the Undertaker meme too, by the way. I still think it's in. Uh, Steelers, uh, Eric Ebron will miss this game. Melvin Ingram will miss this game. Uh, groin injury, hamstring injury. Other side with the Browns. This team has been banged up, but they are getting a little bit healthier. But we do know that Donovan Peoples-Jones will miss this game. Denzel Ward will miss this game. Question marks to uh, Odell Beckham, uh, Jadavian Clowney. Uh, Johnny Stanton, Malik Jackson. Those are question marks, game time decisions. But for the most part, uh, uh, they're getting healthier. And hopefully Baker Mayfield uh, has something in that arm left after a couple weeks off. Well, if Big Ben got up this morning and drank the blood of some young athlete to rejuvenate himself on this Halloween, he's uh, 23 and 23, two and one lifetime against the Browns. He's uh, 24 and 12 straight up as a short underdog. Kevin uh, Stefanski and his Cleveland Browns 0 and 6 against the division last season uh, against the spread. I, I. no, a lot of numbers. I just it, listen. Cleveland is uh, Cleveland's not looked that good. I think coming off the bye, Pittsburgh's just a healthier team here, and uh, I actually uh, bet Pittsburgh on the money line a little bit during the week. Guys, not even looking at that. Uh, oh, something did something just happen because uh, Cleveland just went snap five at a couple places as we wow. speak. Cleveland's going to five. Did they just announce they somebody you. out? It they can't be you. me. I could not have moved the number like that. Uh, no, did they? Oh, somebody check. Did they just announce an injury because this number is turning fives all across the board all uh, of a sudden? No, but I can give you something that's uh, very of consequence uh, when it comes to the betting line right now. Adam Schefter just tweeting out uh, Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley will not play today due to a personal matter. Oh, boy. So and Calvin that number, Ridley. that number, I'm seeing that number now moved. It hasn't moved to the two and a half yet. Okay, here you go. Here's your Browns news, according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, Browns, Odell Beckham, and Jadavian Clowney are in. They're in today. That's ah, why that number is Because they were Clowney question marks, as I just said. Are in. So there you go. Maybe that's why. Beckham, there you go. Man. Beckham moves the number. What is Odell, Clowney Odell, too. Odell Wouldn't Beckham Wouldn't want to have a Junior. Steelers ticket, eh, George? But why does, why does Beckham move the number at all? I mean, is he, he doesn't do anything. He he dives for the ball, falls down, and, and, and pretends he hurt, and, and hurts his shoulder. I mean, it's the same play every day. Dives out of bounds and hurts your shoulder. I would lean. Uh, I, I, again, this is a tough game for me. I just like the fact that if you're going to take Cleveland today, the offensive line is intact and they have one of the best O lines in football. And if they're intact and Nick Chubb is back into this lineup, they'll be able to pound the football today against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Melvin Ingram out for the Steelers is a big loss, too. So 
Again, hey, uh, God bless your plus three points that you locked in earlier in the week. Three Steve. and a half. Three and a half. I took the hook. Sure, three and a half. Okay, you took the hook. But, uh, again, I, I think this is a spot where the Browns can get really healthy running the football, and I expect a lot of that today. If you don't like a side, Todd brought it up. They play really slow. Expect a lot of run game yeah. today. Maybe take the total today. Under. I'd like right, to we get got Todd back on the line here and see if he thinks Odell and Clowney are worth Okay, well, no, we, yeah, we can't. Okay. We don't have time for that because we have way too many games. All right, let's wrap up the 1 o'clock window with the 2-4 and four San Francisco 49ers at the 3-4 and four Chicago Bears for a 1 p.m. Eastern start at Soldier Field. San Francisco has lost four straight following a 2-0 and o start, while Chicago is coming off back-to-back losses to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Bears quarterback Justin Fields is fresh off throwing three interceptions and losing two fumbles against Tampa Bay. Fields was also sacked four times for the second straight game. Oh, and he won't have his head coach, Matt Nagy, on the sideline. He's out because of COVID-19. 49ers defensive end Nick Bosa has five sacks, but is coming off that loss to the Colts where he didn't get one. The Bears are tied with Minnesota for the league lead with 21 sacks. The Niners have been flagged for a league-worst 14 pass interference calls this season with the 11 accepted penalties giving the opponents 250 yards. Keep your eye on Chicago's old-school offense. The Bears are the only team averaging more yards rushing, 131, than passing, 124.4. Chicago is scoring only 14.4 points per game. Only the Texans and the Jets are averaging less. Uh, Guys, I'm going to lock one in here because this number is moving on me. I'm going to lock in the San Francisco 49ers minus four on the road here. Uh, That's where it stands right now. It was three and a half and 43. It is now four and 40, but I'm seeing four and a half coming up on the board now. So the numbers mm. moving to San Francisco. I was waiting to see if I was going to get to three and a half. I obviously am not, David. What do you got here? This total's low, by yeah, the way. Significant- 40 seems like a low total, guys. Yeah, very low total. Significant injury for the Bears that we all knew about. Uh, Khalil Mack, foot injury is out. Uh, we know that uh, uh, Hakeem Hicks is a question mark. So is Sam Kamara. Jesper uh, Horstad is a question mark as well. Steve, uh, move to the 49ers, sorry. Uh, I'm just kind of scanning here quickly. Uh, D Ford, concussion, will miss this game. Marcus Hurst will miss this game as well. Uh, Trent Williams was listed as question mark, but I just saw seconds ago that uh, I believe it was Ian Rappaport listed uh, Williams in, so he will play, Steve. Yeah, I, I'm looking here as, as a, at a buy low spot for San Francisco. I, I know that they haven't looked good. They've only got they've only got two wins. Their win total, if you look at their win total, I think was around uh, ten and a half for the season. This is a game. The odds makers aren't usually off that much. Um, and this is a this is a San Francisco team that is that is a, this is a San Francisco team that's faced Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Uh, Wentz when he wasn't bad. I mean, this is Justin Fields and the Chicago offense. It's not the same. This looks to me like a little bit of a get healthy spot for the 49ers, Dave. I I just don't know how you can trust the Bears offense, right? Like it's just been, uh, it's been tough, but uh, their competition has been really tough lately too, right? You face off against the Bucks and the Packers lately and uh, how are they going to score points in this matchup, right? Like it's, 
and they have to run the football. That that's pretty much their only chance uh, to win this game. Uh, if you look at what the 49ers have done on the road today uh, this year against the run, uh, middle of the pack, giving up 120.3 yards per game. David Montgomery still on IR for the Bears, but it's the offensive line that's an issue for Chicago. And David, uh, when your O line's an issue and your quarterback holds onto the ball too long bad things happen, and that's what we're seeing with Justin Fields right now. And his body language on the sideline last week against the Buccaneers Oof. was awful. Just yeah. sit up a little bit. Be a pro, Justin Fields. Yeah, no, well, you're, you're that, right. In this situation... That offense... Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say the offensive line is key to that because they do have they do have uh, running backs uh, in this lineup, even, even a, a trio of them, depending on who's hurt and who's not. And uh, they did fight. Uh, Williams is fighting off uh, COVID, so he he's likely to play as well. So, um, Steve, this offensive line uh, is key to any sort of success the Bears will have against your 49ers today. Betting the 49ers. I just – Chuck Nagy just looks – I know he's not going to be on the sideline today, whether that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I'm thinking it's probably going to be a good thing because he just doesn't – he seems out of his element. I mean, here's a guy who, as an NFL head coach, one of your main – priorities that should be on your to-do list is get along with your quarterback and this guy just seems to piss off every quarterback that he ever that he coaches uh guys he's run out of town trubisky uh justin fields head in his hands crying you know looking like a three-year-old just got sent to his room um it's just a bad situation there in chicago and until Nagy gets let go i just don't see how it changes uh, Bill Lazor, best name of a coordinator uh, in all the NFL, will be calling the. Thank you. We'll be calling the plays today for the Bears. All right, that's the one o'clock window. Let's jump into the four o'clock Eastern window, and it's the one and five Jacksonville Jaguars at the two and five Seattle Seahawks for a four o five p.m. Eastern start at Lumen Field. The Jags haven't won consecutive games since weeks seven and eight of the 2019 season. The Seahawks are two and five for the first time since midway through the 2011 season, where they were two and six. Geno Smith gets the start again at quarterback for Seattle. Smith is 45 for 71 for 507 with three touchdowns and one pick in two and a half games in place of the injured Russell Wilson. Jacksonville head coach Urban Meyer's respect for Pete Carroll and the Seahawks is evident by half of his staff and his roster. Meyer brought in 11 players or coaches who have worked in Seattle. Seattle wide receiver Tyler Lockett has disappeared from the Seahawks offense since week two. Lockett had just two catches in each of the past two games and hasn't topped 57 yards receiving in the past four and hasn't found the end zone since week two. Keep your eye on Jags running back James Robinson has four straight games with 70 rushing yards and a rushing score, the longest such streak in a decade. Seattle's given up 141.3 rushing yards per game at home this season, which is 29th in the NFL. Uh, we Let's see. Seattle opened as a three-point favorite at home, total 43.5. Uh, that mo- number has moved to four right now, 71% of the public tickets on Seattle. That's what's going to move that number up to four. Totals dropped. Oh, sorry, gone up by a point, 44 and a half. Uh, and I'm going to chase that number, guys, because I'm going to be on this over here, Dave. Uh, Jaguars, uh, relatively healthy for the most part. Uh, Tyson Campbell is a question mark. Devon Hamilton, question mark. Marquise Blair for the Seahawks will miss this game. We're looking at uh, question marks for uh, a couple key members of the offense. Dwayne Brown on the offensive line. Damian Lewis on the offensive line. Uh, question marks. Alex Collins, too, in the backfield. 
uh, and they're going to need this guy. It's a groin injury, by the way, so that's something to keep note of, considering what position he plays and so forth. Um, I, I I don't like what I'm about to say, but I'm fairly confident in it just because I, I like the four points. So I'm going to lock in the Jacksonville Jaguars plus the four points on the road. Uh, that's a lock-in for today's game. <laughs> What could go wrong, Dave? You're on the no. Lions and the Jags today. What yeah, could possibly what go could wrong? Pos- it's, boy, there's a Halloween <laughs> card for you. But he's right. Short. I mean, we talked about it. I mentioned it. Short road dogs under a touchdown, 30 and 12 against the season. Uh, short road dogs, 25 and 17 straight up. No reason not to. Um, I'm going the other way with it. I'm going on the total with it only because um, – Seattle's offense with Geno Smith, I know it hasn't been good and everything else, but they just faced Pittsburgh and New Orleans defenses. Uh, Jacksonville's dead last in DVO on defense. It should be different. And then, George, I think we're safe to say if I look at the records, one and five, one and five, and two and Hmm. five, these are bad teams. What do we like when bad teams collide? The over. like the over. So there's a couple reasons there to think that – this number is a little bit too low for this game, and I will be locking in over 44 and a half. And you're saying that this is going to go continue to tick up a little on the over? Is that what you're saying as we head towards kickoff? I uh, do not know if it's going to get any higher than that. Now we're seeing 44 and a half right across the board. Uh, we had Todd did say he leaned. If Todd's uh, any mover, mover of the numbers, it might go over. But this is not one that's seeing any action uh, really to stay in. It hasn't even turned black today. It's 44 and a half is what it is. Uh, I just gave you the stat on how the Seahawks are struggling to stop the run. 29th at home against the run. I'm going to oh – God, we're all on this game. Just might as well if, – if I'm a listener, just go hammer the, the Seahawks, everything. I'm going to take the Jags team total over 20 and a half here. I'm going to lock it in. <laughs> uh, the, the Seahawks defense has to show me something that they can stop anybody, and this could be I a hope big they don't. James Robinson spot. They, they don't – well, they don't have to, but I'm, I'm just saying personally, uh, they can't stop anybody. I think Trevor Lawrence and this offense can have some success – against the Seahawks take over the 20 and a half. It's not going to be think, the the whole uh, the whatever bomb it was last week in Seattle. The weather's not like that this week. And I think Dave's ex-hero, Geno Smith, is going to have a big game. Okay. He's in the conversation. Yep, yep. top we'll five heroes. Points. Are you wearing, so are you wearing the Geno Smith jersey for Halloween? Is that what it's on? I am. I am, yep. Uh, the Spooky final score, stuff. Seattle 6, Jacksonville nothing. Here we go. That'll probably end up happening. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, to an interesting game here. It's the three and four New England Patriots at the four and two Los Angeles Chargers for a four oh five Eastern kick at SoFi Stadium. The Patriots have won six straight games against the Chargers in nine of the past ten meetings. New England's forty five point margin of victory last season was their largest ever in this series. Patriots running back Damian Harris looks to become the first New England running back since Corey Dillon in two thousand four to have three straight one hundred yard rushing games. Los Angeles is surrendering a league worst. 162.5 rushing yards per game. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert had his worst game as a pro last season against the Patriots. Herbert threw for 209 yards, was picked off twice, and failed to complete at least 50% of his passes. New England quarterback Mac Jones is coming off his most complete performance of his young career. Jones had his first 300-yard game to go along with two touchdown passes and no picks in the Pats' 54-13 destruction 
of the Jets. Keep your eye on when New England has the ball inside the 20. The Chargers have allowed touchdowns on 68.2% of red zone chances. That's 15 of 22, including giving up four in five opportunities to the Ravens before their bye. Uh, one of the few opportunities where we've seen some professional money move the line. I guess the, the pros went all those years not taking New England. They decided to take New England today now that it's not costly, but it used to. Uh, Chargers opened as a six-point favorite at Sports Interaction with a total of 47.5. Total's gone up 50.5. That's a three-point move, but the spread's come down. Now sin- currently sitting Chargers a four-point favorite at home versus the Patriots. Mm, uh, we know that the Chargers have a couple injuries. I'm just kind of scanning this really quick before I get to Okay, there we go. Uh, Austin Eckler is a question mark likely to play today, hip injury. Also, question marks on the Patriots sideline, including center David Andrews, uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, Dante Hightower, uh, Shaq Mason, uh, Jono Smith, uh, Kyle Van Noy. They, they have a list, uh, probably about seven or eight players, but those are the significant ones. Uh, relatively healthy. Likely likely the majority of what I just mentioned will play today, Steve. So you got the narrative that the uh, Patriots haven't beaten anybody, right? They've beaten the Jets twice and, and Houston once. But you know what? They they really they lost to Miami, but they dominated that game. They lost it on a late fumble. They played tough with Tampa Bay, lost on a late fumble field goal they lost to dallas in overtime um and they lost to two teams tampa and dallas they played tight that are 11 and 2 uh belichick 28 14 and 2 against the spread as an underdog 23 21 straight up in those games it's better than a 500 record when he's a dog and really the chargers i mean they were they got beat up bad by the ravens crushed um, crushed by the Ravens. They were really crushed by Dallas. It wasn't that close. They let the Browns run all over them and, and were lucky to escape on that crazy when they carried Eckler and when Eckler got carried in and they beat the chiefs, but really how great is beating the chiefs right now anymore? So I'm, I'm more than more than happy to be taking points here in this one with new England. I kind of agree with you, Steve. Uh, is this it's four right now in sports interaction? Is this going to tick down or tick up as we head to kickoff? Uh, based on what I'm seeing on the screen, it looks like it's pretty much going to stay where it is, George. It hasn't really done much move. Once it hit that four, a key number, I don't think we're going to move off it. Yeah, the the the, mm. the problem with the Chargers is, and when we talk about the most, and this is such a hot take, I think the most complete team in that division right now is the Raiders, and it's weird to say because uh, it's the Raiders. Uh, the Chargers can't stop the run, and Steve, you talked about it. The Browns ran all over them. The Ravens ran all over them. Chargers dead last in the NFL, I gave it, by a wide margin. And what does Belichick do? He finds out what you He's don't do He's going to run well all over and he, them. And he exploits we, you. He finds a way to yeah, exploit stomp. what you don't do well. And uh, Chargers giving up 162.5 rushing yards per game overall. And at home, they're dead last, giving up 158.7 on that fast turf at SoFi Stadium. I think this is a potentially big game for Damian Harris. I do like the Patriots here getting the four points. It might make my card because I think this potentially could be a good spot because I'm not sure what the Chargers are. Everyone falls in love with the fantasy aspect of Justin Herbert and that explosive offense, and I get all of that. But Mac Jones uh, looked good last week against the Putrid Jets, but I don't think he has to be great. I think they're just going to run the football and right you know down the throats problem, of the Patriots. No, no matter how good their quarterback is in Justin Herbert, and he's going to be really good. 
no matter how good this coach really might good. be and this how good this coach might be a lot of people say like great things about brandon staley he's a great coach and everybody loves him and he favorite says to win right coach thing. of the year yep he says he says the right things you know what they still have the Philip Rivers North Turner stink? It sits around no, like a, a rotting corpse on the in the in the weight room of the franchise, and on Halloween it'll pop its way up and it will just stink the corridors. <laughs> There'll be a stench in the corridors okay. on Halloween of these dead bodies of, of San Diego wow. Chargers. Family past. show. Wow. Is it a family show or all the young kids crowding around the radio to listen to sports betting talk? <laughs> anyway, uh, let's. <laughs> I hope not. It is. Uh, let's it is. move on. Uh, it's the two and five Washington football team at the three and four Denver Broncos for a four twenty five p.m. Eastern start at Empower Field at Mile High. This will be the first time in Denver's Vic Fangio versus Washington's Ron Rivera have faced off ever as head coaches in their past three games. The Broncos haven't once held uh, a lead while Washington has won its only two games in which they've scored at least 23 points. Denver's run defense ranks eighth overall, but in their past three games, Denver is 22nd in yards per carry allowed and 29th in yards allowed per game. Washington wide receiver Terry McLaurin had a team-high seven catches for a buck 22 against the Packers last week, while Washington's pass defense is dead last in the league by allowing 300.6 yards per game. Keep your eye on Steve's favorite, Teddy Two Gloves, Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater has thrown five interceptions in his last three games after throwing none in his first four games of the season. George, I'd like to know, have we ever officially in these years we've been doing the show taken, removed a nickname from a guy? Yeah, we like did. Literally said who we yeah, last week. Yeah, he's last no longer week all, all he does is covers. No, it's yeah, done. he's no longer Teddy. All he does is covers. He's going back to Teddy Two Gloves because Teddy all he does is never cover now. Um, but Denver <laughs> opened four and a half point favorite total four and a forty four and a half. Uh, now down to Denver minus four uh, total forty four and a half. Dave and I can't see myself laying points with uh, this Denver Bronco team. I actually think that uh, here's another one of those short road favorites Oof. talking about it all show. Uh, this short road favorite is going to be making my cards. Now, if they regress to the mean and I lose all these short road favorites, because that's just the way my life goes in gambling, then I do, but I'm going to ride this trend while it's still there. There you go. Uh, oh, you want me to Washington lock it in? You want the official noise? Do you want the noise, Dave? Yeah, let's do noise. it. Are you ready, Josh? There you go. Watch me. <laughs> we're we're uh, we're talking about uh, Washington scratches right now, and Curtis Samuel once again will miss uh, this game because of a groin injury. Uh, let's see what else. William Jackson is a question mark. Cam Sims is a question mark. Broncos question marks include Jamar Johnson. Von Miller is listed as a question mark. There was some talk about him earlier this week, Steve. Yeah, that's huge. If Von Miller's out, I mean, they don't have much, but that's all they have. And he, you know, without him. Also, I think uh, if it helps, if, you, if you're looking at Denver, I think Jerry Judy's back in the lineup this week. Is he not listed as? Yep, out? not on this list. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, Washington last week, it was interesting, their game against uh, Green Bay. Do you know that they had drives that ended at the Packers 23, 27, 1, 3, and 12 and got no points out of any well, of them? If Tyler Henneke can actually like get into the end zone instead of you know just falling on the half-yard line because he wanted to give himself up, seen. put your That's head down and get into life. the end zone. Well, first Sorry, of all, he should have done that. Maybe he wasn't aware of that rule. Obviously, he wasn't aware of that rule. But he's Which not, always not, blows not my mind. 
It's a, anyway. it's a stupid rule. I mean, it's he's not touched, but he shouldn't. He gave himself up at the one that's a, that's terrible. But, I mean, I just think in these two teams, at first, okay, another thing is you want a better coach. I think Ron Rivera is a better coach than Vic Fangio, who probably is next to Nagy, has got to be the favorite for next coach fired. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I think Washington of uh, the two teams here are the better teams. And, again, short road, dog. I'm all in. I don't know why you're hating on Vic Fangio. He's, I think he's a good coach. It's just what has he done? He's got a. He's an excellent defensive guy. The defense is good in Denver. It's good. It has, it's just when you have no offense and they haven't they had done a bit anything this year. Their, de- their defense is twenty sixth and twenty eighth and against the run in the past. That's the last. Sound... The last few weeks that the numbers balloon. But Vic Fangio will get a job as a DC once he gets fired well, by the. Of course Broncos. he would. If he... hey, oh come on, I can give you a list of a hundred. Yeah, he's getting a job as a DC. It's true. Yeah, who who a better yeah, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator? I'll even give yeah. you my all time favorite. Norv Turner is a good a good offensive coordinator. He just can't coach. Not anymore he would be. Uh, he'd be a dinosaur in today's NFL, which is fine. Uh, this is a tough game here because, good Lord, uh, how do you trust any of these teams, right? <laughs> they're both they're both tough. Uh, this vaunted Washington defense that we all talked about heading into the season, uh, they bleed against the pass. I'm just not sure, David, that Teddy Two Gloves can exploit them. Yeah, and, he, and it, it begs for him to do it. Uh, so it's out there now. And, and Steve brought up a good point. Jerry Judy will play uh, in this game today. So perhaps that's uh, extra, that extra push Elway that he needs to, to get him? that ball down the field. Is What's John that? going to throw it to him? No, well, they wish, right? I mean, they probably haven't um, had a guy like that since Manning first year. Real quick, too, here, Steve. Uh, when two bad teams collide, 44.5 on the total. Do you like that? I normally would, but these two offices, these two offices, don't generate any any excitement for me that they can get to that number. I mean, you said six nothing in the Seattle uh, Jacksonville game. <laughs> we could see we could see four nothing here. Four. Wouldn't that be four, great three. If, uh, the Seattle four game three overtime shootout? And I'm no, so use that make it six to week. three at least. <laughs> okay, six to three. All right, we've got a break. Uh, we still got to squeeze in the Bucks and the Saints. That's a blockbuster matchup from New Orleans. We'll talk about the Cowboys and Vikings and tee up the Giants and Chiefs, which is the Monday Nighter. We'd also love to hear from you. Shoot us a text, 590-590, name and location, what you love today and the why. We'll give you our picks the next segment, and we'll also talk to Connor Allen, who has been absolutely scorching hot on our show uh, the Senior Director of Betting at 444.com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast. One more hour to go. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet Radio Network. CJCL Toronto. Sportsnet 599. <laughs> Things went from ugly to scary for the Chiefs in Music City last week. But then I think as he was going down trying to throw the ball, someone hit him in the chest and face area as well. Oh, boy. And you can see the concern evident from this Kansas City team as their leader has had a rough day, and they're trying to help him to the sideline. Can Patrick Mahomes and his Chiefs bounce back Monday night at home against the Giants? Back to (laughs) Inside the Lines Halloween Edition. Oh! on the Sportsnet Radio Network. <laughs> 12.03 in Toronto on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, 10.03 in Calgary on Sportsnet 960. 
903 in Vancouver on Sportsnet 650. It's Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. Straight ahead, we'll tee up that game between the Chiefs and the Giants. we still got to talk about the Bucks and Saints and Cowboys and Vikings. Get your texts in as well, 590, 590, name and location, what you love today and the why. We'll give you our picks eh, in about 20 minutes or so. Uh, next segment, uh, Connor Allen, the Senior Director of Betting at 444.com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast will join us as we take a spin around Prop City. Connor Allen was handing you player prop gold last week. But gentlemen, we still got three games to preview. Let's dive back into that 4 o'clock window. And it's the 6-1 and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 4-2 and two New Orleans Saints for a 4.25 p.m. Eastern start at Caesars Superdome. The Saints were swept, swept the season series between these NFC South rivals last year before having a five-game winning streak against Tampa Bay snapped in their first-ever playoff matchup. The Bucs have the league's top-ranked passing attack at 324.3 yards per game, but only are 21st in rushing, 99.1 per game. Saints quarterback Jameis Winston passed for 222 yards and a touchdown without a pick in Week 7. Winston has six TDs versus no INTs for a 138 rating in two home starts this season. Bucks quarterback Tom Brady leads the NFL in completions, passing yards, and touchdown passes. Keep your eye on New Orleans running back Alvin Kamara, who had a season-high 179 scrimmage yards, 128 receiving, 51 rushing in that wind-driven rain in Seattle last week. Tampa Bay is number one against the run by giving up just 67.4 yards per game. Back to the Don Best screen to show sports interaction open. Tampa Bay is a four-point favorite, total 50.5. Total's now 49. Interesting here, guys. Uh, Phil over at SIA sitting 4.5 currently. Tampa Bay, he's the only one doing so. Everybody else is four. That's enough for me. Mm. I was going to take Tampa, uh, New Orleans anyways, but just in case he decides to move it, I will lock in that 4.5 on New Orleans. Uh, Dave, Dave, you can give the injuries, and I will explain why. Yeah, absolutely. Antonio Brown will miss this game, guys. Ankle injury, so he's out of that box lineup. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is a question mark, likely to play. That's something different. We haven't seen that in a bit. Uh, let's see what else. Jason Pierre-Paul is a question mark. Le- uh, Levante David is a question mark. Saints injuries out of the lineup. Uh, Andres Pete, uh, Taysom Hill, Peyton Turner, Dwayne Washington. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is a question mark likely to play in this game. Interesting to me is uh, I know that Tampa Bay beat New Orleans in the uh, the AFC Championship last year, but before that they had lost two to them last year. They they've the Saints have beat them fifteen of their last twenty. But really, if you kind of look at Tampa Bay's and last year Brady's kryptonite, it kind of was New Orleans. Now. I am not going to say, and George, don't clip this. I have ne- will never say that James Winston's is James Winston is a better quarterback than Drew Brees. That's ridiculous. Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, and James Winston once threw thirty interceptions in a season. What I will say is James Winston can do something that Drew Brees couldn't do last year, and that is throw the ball downfield and exploit what is a very, very thin. Tampa Bay secondary. I think that's enough to keep this one uh, hmm. as close enough for New Orleans, who, by the way, has one of the best defenses in the league right now. 
Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, no, Anyone? yeah, I, I agree with you on the Saints defense, and that's sneakily been very good here. I just don't know, and, and you're right, uh, the banged-up secondary in Tampa Bay has been exploited. It's just uh, Alvin Kamara, and they got Mark Ingram in there to potentially run the ball, and I wrote about it on my prop piece on sportsnet.ca. I took under Alvin Kamara rushing yards uh, this week. Again, uh, the Bucks continue to be the gold standard of running the uh, stopping the run even at home they're even more on the road they're even more stout than they are overall but can Jameis Winston exploit that are you sure Steve that he, he can, can yeah he can throw the football down the field that's great will he be able to exploit it 18 Do 10 Bucks... and 1 against the spread is a dog of more than a field goal that's your 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 buddy uh, Jameis Winston uh taking points in the division uh always something we like to do George now I have. I'm not going to pull up the That's, stats, but I imagine they're pretty, pretty, pretty close. Who's the better defense taken? Who's the better defense in this matchup right now with Tampa well, Bay's secondary being what Tampa Bay's secondary is? Uh, New Orleans has the second best scoring defense in the NFL at 16. There you go. There's points. three points. There's three my, taking points in division. Better defense only, taking points. Only- yeah, my only flag is Jameis Winston 2021 is not James Jameis Winston 2019. He, he doesn't throw the ball down the field. His biggest game is 279 yards. He has a handful of games, actually the majority of his games, under 150 yards of passing. That's he because, just doesn't move the ball down the field like he used to. Yes, as Sean Payton has not trusted him enough to do so. But against the, So he's going to trust him today? Against a depleted secondary, he might very well do so. Yeah. What is uh, and a, that and a really a game here. they have to win as well? I mean, a game they well, have sure to win. Yeah. Well, let let me take a look yeah. here, Steve. As uh, that's something you can ask Connor Allen in about twenty minutes what he jumps on. But if you're so sold on famous Jameis today, and against you're right, a Tampa Bay secondary that has been absolutely exploited this season because of all the injuries, and they just keep continuing to hammer teams. Right, even Justin Fields and that putrid bears offense couldn't exploit it as they just ran as they just crushed them last week on the scoreboard as i continue to stall looking for this james winston prop here it is uh 255 and a half passing yards steve for james winston yeah i uh that would be his second best throwing mark of the year if the game goes the way I expected to do, but obviously that is a little bit of an inflated number based on uh, the Tampa Bay secondary. As Dave just said, it's not a number he reaches uh, on a regular basis. So obviously they're trying to they're trying to convince you to go under that number. You also got to look at the number, right? Sometimes they put up a number. Or a lot of times you put up a number and you go, well, he's never hit that number. Why is it up there today? Because they know today he's going to hit that number. They don't know. So are you taking that they in think. the over? I got yeah. enough plays today, George. You stay out you of my place. You want to side bet that? You, you want to side what? bet that? Side Ooh, you side and Dave side bet a prop? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, side I'm bet. in. Side I'm bet. in. Jameis, Jameis Winston yards. under I'm for me. Over. It's 255 over. and a half passing yards. Perfect. Right, that's a side bet. I'm very I, I'm just confident. A I hear side bet. I'm, side I'm bet. on the right side, side, side of Jameis Winston. Yeah, okay, I like it. Uh, for the first time in the show's history, we got a side bet <laughs> on a player prop. I love that was it. the tempting right. part too, George. I like that. Yeah, and I like uh, that's something you could have. You could have told me side bet on anything, and I would have got. Yeah. I would have taken it because I have a problem <laughs> that way. Okay, 
Uh, let's move on to the <laughs> Sunday nighter. It's the five and one Dallas Cowboys at the three and three Minnesota Vikings for an eight twenty p.m. Eastern kick at U.S. Bank Stadium. The Cowboys have won three of the last four meetings, including on the road in twenty sixteen and twenty twenty. Their last loss at Minnesota was at the Metrodome in twenty ten. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott is dealing with a strained right calf and is a game time decision. Prescott is the first Dallas quarterback with at least three touchdown passes in four consecutive games. The Vikings are tied with the Bears for the league lead with 21 sacks. Despite playing one fewer game, Minnesota has allowed only nine sacks, tied for the sixth lowest total in team history. Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins took a 105.5 passer rating with 13 touchdowns, two interceptions, and no fumbles through uh, fumbles, no fumbles lost, excuse me, through six games into his bye. Cowboys running back Tony Pollard totaled 24 carries and seven receptions over the last two games, despite being firmly behind. Behind Ezekiel Elliott on the depth chart, Pollard had a 42-yard touchdown run against the Vikings last year. Minnesota is giving up 132.7 rushing yards per game at home this season. Keep your eye on turnovers. The Cowboys have the NFL's longest active streak with multiple takeaways at 10 straight games, which is tied for their best run in franchise history. Well, if you're actually listening to the show, which if you're listening to this right now, I imagine that you are, you've heard a couple hints as to uh, what people need and what they think is happening. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys opened as a two and a half point favorite and a total of 51 and a half at Sports Interaction. That number has now been moved to the other side of the fence to two and a half uh, Minnesota in most places. Now, you heard Todd Furman say that if you can grab it under a field goal, it still thinks there's value to do so. I got even better news for you if you're listening to Todd and want to do Minnesota because Phil's just dropped this number down to minus two at Sports Interaction while everybody mm. else is sitting two and a half. So if, you're, if your thought process is you want to jump on Minnesota right now as we speak, might be the time to do so, Dave. Yeah, I wish I would have got that. I bet uh, and locked in Minnesota minus two and a half points earlier this week. I am one of those who are very confident that we will not see Dak Prescott today. Cooper Rush is expected uh, in my eyes to start this game. Dak, by the way, officially is a question mark on the official injury report game with time. a calf injury. Ga game time? Okay, there you go. Um, Tyron Smith, part of that as well. Uh, as far as the Vikings are concerned, Michael Pierce is out. Patrick Jones is doubtful. D.D. Westbrook is a question mark. So uh, relatively you're, healthy on the Vikings. You're side. going on the road, guys, without your with your quarterback questionable, who really shouldn't be anywhere near this game. You're playing a team in Minnesota that three and three pretty much you know needs this game. You've got a Dallas team that they could now, I mentioned earlier, they could actually go on one of those cruises through Mexico for three weeks. Come back and still be Alla in first New York place. Giants. Yeah, yeah. the New York Giants <laughs> or the Minnesota Vikings, the team that they're playing. The they could Vikings. actually get the keys from the Minnesota Vikings for the Love Cruise and go away for three weeks, come back and still have a three-game lead be in, first in this place, crappy yeah. division. I see no reason why Dallas had puts up a good effort against what is a good Minnesota team that record of three and three could be zero and six and six and oh I mean it can really go both ways um yeah I uh, I lean Minnesota here I won't bet it because this is too many unknowns of, uh, but but still I don't see how Dallas really shows up mm -hmm. never mind that why Dallas shows up 
Yeah. My only fear, George, my only fear is Kirk Cousins and prime time. That that kind of has uh, me nervous uh, about okay. my minus two and a half. Scary. What about scary? Okay, but what, but, it is. But what about Cooper uh, with Cooper Rush potentially being the quarterback? We're going to see a ton of Ezekiel Elliott. Guys, Vikings giving up 132.7 rushing yards Ooh. per game. This could be a big one-two punch of Zeke and Tony Pollard. Uh, that potentially could keep this score close. And maybe under the total, Steve, if there's no Dak Prescott here, we could see a lot of running in this game because that's obviously what the Vikings are going to want to do here. But they have that explosive passing game with if Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. If the feeling is this game gets away quickly and Dallas is kind of viewing it as a little bit of a preseason game without Dak and, and you wonder how much Zeke gets run. You, maybe they go a little more Tony Pollard. Maybe you look at it that way. I just you, this game has that feeling. I mean, it's in red, which means it's circled, which means they take minimum. They take their the limits on the game. Um, I know it's a Sunday night game and everybody wants to play it. Yeah, you know, any of those might work. I might look at Tony Pollard getting more carries and, and getting the yards over Zeke to, tonight just because if they go on the resting, uh, not the resting, but the, eh, maybe I don't want to play this game at 100%. There's no need to. Well, even Todd Furman brought up the great point that if Dak Prescott does end up starting this game, how healthy is Dak Prescott? Uh, is he going to be able to yeah. move out of the pocket? How healthy is Mike McCarthy if Dak Prescott starts this game? Yeah, how healthy I, is that's... his mind? That's that's a good point too. But he um, can't run. I mean, he 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 hasn't run in practice. It's a calf. A calf can easily be reaggravated. What hurts them in this division? I understand they wanna they wanna compete for the overall number one seed. But if Zach if if uh, Dak pulls his uh, stretches his uh, calf or retort tears his calf, they're not competing for any number one first seed. So they need they need Dak to uh, take a rest tonight. Lots of player prop uh, implications in this game as well. Steve, you brought up the Pollard-Ezekiel Elliott point. And if you're taking Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen or Kirk Cousins, for that matter, uh, if if the game, if they're up big, potentially those receiving yard totals can go under. And that's something I want to ask Connor Allen, too. It's And when, you, when you, there's so much question marks on the other side, what does that mean for game script for the Vikings? And what does that mean for those high player prop totals? Those are things we'll touch on with Connor Allen straight ahead. All right, let's wrap up week eight with a Monday nighter. It's the two and five New York Giants at the three and four Kansas City Chiefs for an eight fifteen PM Eastern start at Arrowhead Stadium. The Giants have dominated the series, winning eleven of fourteen meetings in five of the last six. The Chiefs' four losses are equal to their total over the past two seasons combined. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones has had 100 plus ratings in two of his three road games. Jones is aiming for his fourth straight Monday night game with at least 25 completions and his 229 yards rushing are third in the league among quarterbacks. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey had eight catches for 109 in his last game against New York. The Giants are giving up 6.82 yards per target to tight ends, which is 17th in the NFL. The Giants and Colts are the only NFL teams to have a takeaway in each of their first seven games games this season keep your eye on Patrick Mahomes when getting the ball out within two and a half seconds Mahomes has a 13 to 1 touchdown to interception ratio and an 86 percent completion percentage this season when he takes longer he has a 5 to 8 ratio and just a 48 percent completion percentage Last one today at the Don Best screen Kansas City open 13 point favorite in a total of 54 but after their not good performance, uh, and the Giants win. We now see that number down to what well, actually been nine and a half during the week, guys. We now see it now 
move up to double digits, now up to 10.5, total 52. I'm not going to, Davey, we, we talked about this a little bit between the two of us. I don't know if I'm going to be that guy that keeps saying, that square guy that keeps saying, well, this week they're going to get it right, Kansas City. This week they're going to, no, no, the next week I'll go, next week they're going to get it right. It feels like this is a game that they can get it right, but how do you trust them? Yeah, it's hard to trust them. But you look at this Giants team and you look at some of these injuries. We know that Barkley, Galladay, Carter, uh, all out. Uh, Sterling Shepard is questionable, but we don't know about that. So is uh, Smith and Tony. So uh, some key members of this offense. Barkley and Galladay are out? Out. Out, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I love your prop there too, George, on Daniel Jones. The Daniel Jones rush prop is fantastic. I'm on that, especially about that Chiefs defense. I'm not going to lock anything in. Don't worry. But uh, Chiefs, as far as their injuries, we know that uh, Anthony Hitchens is out. Uh, Let's see what else. Mike Reamers is a question mark on the offensive line, likely to play. That's Monday night, Monday night. What's what's happening is that, you know, you you got to blitz Mahomes to make him to to make him throw quicker, but nobody's blitzing him because their offensive line is so bad they can they can send four, get pressure on him, and drop guys into coverage, and he's having trouble. Problem with the Giants is they don't really create a lot of pressure up front, so Mahomes might have uh, some more time. You were mentioning it, George, when he gets the ball out of his hands quicker. If he's not pressured, he has the time to to get the ball out of his hands. Uh, I might. I'm going to say that this is the one that Kansas City gets back on track and wins this game by 30. <laughs> You've talked yourself but, into it. I, but no, but I'm not going to. But I would never. I'm never laying double digits with a team that just got beat 30 to three and has not looked healthy, has not looked right. And throw into that the fact that yeah, they said Mahomes has passed concussion protocol. But if when you saw him walk off that field last week. He doesn't look like he was in such great shape uh, that you know he, we don't know what kind of what kind of hundred he's in a hundred percent going into this week either. Yeah, I, uh, again, uh, we asked Todd the question. I don't know how I, I took the Giants plus the points at the bar. I think this is just too much, and that Chiefs defense isn't stopping anybody. Uh, they're giving up twenty nine points a game, and they're they're just they were ran over last week by the Tennessee Titans, and I get it. The, the Giants are depleted without Saquon Barkley, but I think Daniel Jones will have a ton of rushing yards in this game. I, I tweeted out yesterday, 21.5 on the over. I'll dive more into that in our pick segment on why as, as to why I like that. But Chiefs also giving up 26.5 points at home this season, and it's primetime, and Danny Dimes, for some reason, comes out when it's primetime football here. I don't know what what I like more, Steve, the 10.5 for the Giants or the 21 points for their team total. Uh, With with all the guys they're missing on offense, I wouldn't go over 21, that team total. I think if they cover the spread, that's because Kansas City's offense still isn't working on all gears, and they keep this number close. I don't see them being in a shootout. I think in a shootout, they if this game gets to a shootout, they got no chance. No They're in chance. trouble. They're but again, in trouble. this again, the Chiefs continue to not be the Chiefs, and you're right. Of course, we uh, know what that. Teams are yeah. doing dropping back two safeties. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is struggling. Uh, and, and Andy Reid in this offense, they seem very stubborn to try to continue to do what they're doing when teams are giving them the dink and dunk and try to run the football, and the Chiefs are just refusing to do it so far. We'll see. I'm sure Andy Reid's an excellent coach, Super Bowl winner. I'm sure eventually they will uh, right the ship here, but I'm not even sure the Chiefs are a playoff team just based on that horrendous defense. Yikes. Uh, 
when you have Patrick Mahomes, uh, and he obviously the most valuable player in the NFL, there's no question about that. He's eating a ton of that salary cap up. Uh, you have deficiencies in your roster, and we're really seeing it on the defensive side of things. Like, and they can't run the football yeah. to protect their defense either, or they're refusing to run the football. I, that defense is bad. They, it is bad, they, bad, bad. And again, it's weird to say, and it's kind of it's a little hot takey because it's the Chiefs, but it's Week Eight, and they've had some bad losses. Losses where they were destroyed. They got destroyed by the Bills. They got destroyed by the Titans. They had games where they, they even Washington. Uh, they, they were in a game against Washington, too, who was a bad football team. I'm not sure they're a playoff team, Steve. Yeah, and I think they might have whiffed on that running back, too. Uh, I don't think they, yep. they're they getting much from Well, that's the O-line, too, right? That's just not him. It's the O-line, too. Fair enough, but, you know, it's, it's, it, Harris has looked a little bit better now. First-round capital, and that's what they yes, burned. first-round right? capital. I think they burned. Uh, I think they swung and missed on that pick. But again, it was when they won the Super Bowl and they had dead last and he was sitting there and they took Clyde edwards Lair and a lot of people loved the pick at the time. All right, that's 14 games up, 14 games down, previewed every single one of it. We'll take a spin around Prop City coming up with Connor Allen, the senior director for 4for4.com and the Move the Line podcast. But first, before we dive into this week, Stephen Rapp, what did we do last week? We were scary in Halloween a week before Halloween. We were ahead of the curve, guys. We like to be out there and get things done early. Uh, except for George, who was over 500. I was, uh, Dave was 2 3 and 1 last week. He's 20 22 and 1. Uh, I was uh, 2 4 and 1 last week. I am also 20 22 and 1. Exact same record. Uh, and Dave and George, 2 and 1 last week, 8 and 13 for the season. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on to this week's picks. And let's start with Mr. Steven Rapp. I was looking in the lab you knew this song had to come. I'm surprised that George you didn't move you didn't move uh you didn't move with this one during our, our uh, openings. Uh anyways, Pittsburgh plus three and a half. I'm on a bad number here, but I think on Halloween uh the uh rotting corpse of Ben Roethlisberger will rise from the grave and cover the spread probably win this game outright that's what i'm saying it's a stinky one but detroit plus three and a half i just can't see philadelphia being uh, uh more than field goal favorite against any team in football especially one like detroit who's actually playing pretty well for dan campbell and trying to get a win san francisco minus four i think this is a get well spot for them this number actually has moved to uh, four and a half now so glad i got in on that number when i did uh the washington football team plus four really same reason as uh as a couple of other games that denver is bad uh washington taking points i think i'm getting a better team taking the points new orleans plus four and a half new orleans is tampa bay's kryptonite uh, Jameis will have a big day uh, against that Tampa Bay secretary, secondary, and he will make me $20 against Dave Bastel in our side bet. And finally, uh, Seattle, Seattle, Jacksonville, over 44.5. Two bad teams, and Geno gets to play a defense that's not Pittsburgh or New Orleans. I think they score some points here. Over 45.5, and, and that is my six-pack Halloween picks. Ooh, scary. Just six picks. We will tweet them out. At Inside Lines, follow Steve on Twitter at House Money Forty Four. Let's get to David Bastel. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Mr. Perfect. Uh, earlier on in the week, I was scared that the Vikings would go to minus three, so I locked in minus two and a half, and I'm happy I did. 
Uh, I like them in uh, prime time. Yes, I'm going to say this. Kirk Cousins in prime time. What could go wrong? Dallas will not start Dak Prescott. That is my 1,000% belief. Uh, my blanket coverage of the week was the Detroit Lions. Yes, those Lions, plus three and a half. You get the hook there, so I like them against the Eagles. I like the Bengals in the first half, minus six and a half points. It's under a touchdown against the Jets, who simply don't play well in the first half. And you know what? For the most part, don't play well in 60 minutes. Uh, I like the Jaguars on the road in Seattle. You get four points there. I'm confident with that. I'm also very confident with the one prop I have. Ryan Tannehill over 14 and a half rush yards. Last time he faced the Colts earlier in the season, ran for 56 yards. I'm not saying he's going to hit that number, but 14 and a half seems very doable. Indoors, climate controlled. Those are my picks of the week. All right. We will tweet out David Bastel's picks at Inside Lines. Let's get to mine. Let's do it. Wrote about this on my piece on sportsnet.ca. Locked it in yesterday via the Twitter at RussickSN590. Love me some Daniel Jones, total rushing prop over 21.5. Jones has topped 25 rushing yards four times this season, and he's averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Chiefs are giving up 128.9 rushing yards per game. That's 27th in the NFL. 5.6 yards per carry to quarterbacks this season. That's 26th. And they're giving up 241 rushing yards to quarterbacks this year. That's the second worst mark in the NFL. I locked it in earlier. I like the Jags team total over 20 and a half. I think this could be a big James Robinson spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seattle giving up 141.3 rushing yards per game per season. That's 29th in the NFL. Seattle's also giving up 24 points per game at home. This isn't the Legion of Boom defense anymore and that tough, tough place to play like the Jags team total over 20 and a half. I should have locked in the Patriots, but I didn't. I don't like them at three and a half. I'm going to get fished in here. I keep staring at this New York Giants number getting 10 and a half on Monday night. I'm going to take that number. I think the Giants can get this done. The better defense getting points. Kansas City giving up 29 points overall on the season on defense. That's 27th in the NFL. And they're also giving up a ton of points at home. They've given up 32.3 points per game at home. I think Danny Dimes, although the offense is a little depleted without Kenny Galladay and Saquon Barkley, I think they can keep this within the 10 and a half points we'll tweet out my picks at russick sn590 at inside lines that's it for us oh no let me get to some listener text before we get to connor allen because there's a couple beauties here i want to share with you guys uh, eric from barry saints at home is the best on a vulnerable book games Ooh. phil uh, gray mentioned you guys know the books won't lose on all of these games the saints at home are still dangerous rick and richmond i don't know why steve is so down on atlanta they have a good offense and will cover versus carolina in fact they'll win by 10 steve Rick and Richmond wow. saying they'll win by 10. I hope so. I got him in a parlay. Uh, Keith from Guelph. I like Pittsburgh taking the points. Atlanta minus two and a half. Darnold sees ghosts all the time this year. Jacksonville plus four. Geno sucks. Happy Halloween, <laughs> guys. Uh, this, if you're going to tweet alumni, us. Eh? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to tweet us in Texas, uh, please put your name to it, especially on the text line. Uh, Four football weeks ago, the show trashed the Falcons. Falcons went on to win. Since then, I've been betting against every single choice the show makes. I'm up $487. Probably should keep this to myself. Good luck today, producer. Well, I'm the producer, so thank you for the good luck. But uh, the, mm. this guy's made $487. That's fine. If you want to fade us, go ahead. I would, too, right now. We're all below $500. He's got, he made, he's got $487. He doesn't tell you he started with 1000 
Yeah, that's that's right too. What did he start with? Yeah, what did he start with? Did he start with? That's a great question. What did he start with? Uh, Abby from Toronto, NFL props. Jonathan Taylor <laughs> under 78 and a half uh, rushing yards in the first meeting against the Titans. 10 rushes for 64. I think it's a bit too high. Tua Tunga Vailoa over 236 and a half passing yards. We'll get a good chunk of those yards when the Dolphins George, fall behind big. Yes. One second, George. Go back to the last call, last text message. So he gave some picks today, or he's just trashing our picks? No, like he's just trashing down. our picks. He's going yeah, against he, all he of our trash, picks. Yeah. So which ones in particular? Like, so he's not making any picks. Like, it's like this tweet I got an hour an hour after the game started last week in Tennessee. That I I was at that point in time I was actually three and one. Yet he's talking about the one play an hour after the game started. Come on, if you're gonna trash our picks, at least tell us what you like. Don't just tell us our picks are crap. Tell us what you like. Yeah, it's fine. There's a lot of resolve players out there. And there's one thing this show is, and I pride ourselves on it, it's transparency. We don't hide from our picks. We post them. Everything's there. The podcast is always there at sportsnet.ca slash 590. You can go back and listen to everything. Nothing's it's a edited. a good uh, Monday podcast to listen to. I agree. Great. It's not dated at all. Yep. Uh, everything, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. except for the Monday night game, which is still valid. So you should go back and listen Mondays, David. Tuesday would be the time maybe not to listen. But uh, go back and listen. Uh, we're very transparent. We don't hide anything. My my piece on sportsnet.ca, don't hide anything, give you my record. We're transparent. Uh, somebody who has been absolutely hitting it out of the ballpark with his picks on this show has been Connor Allen, and he'll join us straight ahead as we take a spin around Prop City. Follow us on Twitter. Don't forget, at Inside Lines for all the picks, at HouseMoney44. That's the must-follow on Twitter, probably in all the social media. All right, straight ahead, Connor Allen on some props. One more segment to go, Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet Radio Network. Yeah. Sportsnet 590, 590, the fan. Connor Allen was like Freddy Krueger last week with his prop bets and slashed up bookmakers real good. Yeah, so I took uh, Mike Gusecki over 42 and a half receiving yards. I bet Davis Mills under 228 and a half passing yards. I'm going back to this. Leonard Fournette over 67 and a half rushing yards. And the last one for me here, Dallas Goddard. I took over 47 and a half receiving yards. Let's now trick or treat around Prop City. Back to Inside the Lines Halloween Edition with Rap, Bastel, and Russick. 12:38 in Toronto, 10:38 in Calgary. 9.38 in Vancouver. It's Inside the Lines. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Canada's odds maker along the Sportsnet radio network. He was absolutely on fire last week. He is the senior director of betting at 4from4.com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast. We say hello to Connor Allen. Connor, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me on. That was, that was quite the intro there. I like the you know, mix-up. You know, it's we, Halloween. Like, you got to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, when you slash like up bookmakers... To, yeah. Like you we did. We also like to grease our, uh, our <laughs> guests as long as possible so they know they come back. So we make them yes. feel good. That's, that's, that's a good trick we have. Uh, Connor, let's get this out of the way. I want to check my work with you. Uh, I wrote a piece.ca prop picks. I like Jamar Chase over. I like Daniel Jones rushing prop over 21 and a half. And I like uh, Alvin Kamara under rushing yards. Do you like any of those? 
I do, yeah. I think the Jones one and the Camaro one, especially the Jones number, I think it was like in the low twenties, as you mentioned. He's gone over that in five of six games uh, that he's you know started and finished. Because the Chiefs defense, as we've you know tried to attack pretty much all uh, you know prop season so far, and then the Camaro one, uh, you know, it's a tough matchup against Tampa Bay's elite run defense. I think the number is adjusted since open, so depending on where you got it, I'm not sure that I'd still be super interested in it, but um, you know, I, I, I do like that initially though. Okay, I like it. I like it. Are you going to uh, ask him about Jameis Winston, Steve? Okay. I, well, yeah, yeah Jay, fire that, Ron, Steve. God, Set it up Dave properly, I have, too. Come on. Dave and I have a uh, little side bet here going on. We have side bets on the show if we both are on different sides of the team to have a game. I like Jameis Winston against that Tampa Bay secondary to go over 255 yards passing. Now, one of the reasons is, if you look at his stats, he doesn't get to over 255 yards passing very often, but we have a high number, which means they are trying to steer you towards the under. When they're trying to steer me towards an under, I like to jump on the over. Who's going to win that bet? Do I going to get his $20 yeah, or are you going to get one? my $20? <laughs> um, I, that's tough. I, we were projected for 259 so technically, I mean, I'd probably lean that way. But, I mean, New Orleans just does not want to put the ball in Jamie's hands. They just want to run the ball as much as possible. So, But they're, I think that they're going to kind of have to open it up a little bit. So, I don't know. I'm just not sure how quickly that happens. If it happens early and Tampa Bay takes like a 14-0 or 17-0 lead, I think you're for sure going to win the over on this one. Oh, okay. Uh, as far as that uh, that Cleveland backfield right now, uh, it looks like Mick Chubb, Nick Chubb is back. He's he's good to go. But is he going to get the majority of the workload today? Is that your expectations? Because we saw such a great effort from uh, Dernis Jackson last, or Johnson, I should say, last week. Uh, how, how does that look with you? Yeah, I think that both of them are going to see plenty of touches. You know, I don't know if you guys saw the picture of uh, the sling that Baker Mayfield's work, uh, wearing, but it's uh, pretty intense in terms of his non-throwing shoulder. Mm. I think that they probably lean lean run heavy here. Uh, we have um, we have projected for 18 carries right now and 82 yards. Then we have Jarvis Johnson projected for nine carries still. So I think that we could see 25 to 30 rush attempts for the Browns and probably mostly uh, it'll be mostly Chubb, but. I could see Darius Johnson a little bit of a, a bigger role because, as you mentioned, he did look good last week, and their offensive line is healthy. So I think that that's probably how they attack the Steelers. Connor, the last five games, uh, the Dolphins' defense has been shredded by Carson Wentz, uh, Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan. They've averaged over 336 yards passing per game. Allen's over two. Allen's number 283 and a half around there somewhere. Um, how does he not go over that number against this Miami team? Yeah, the biggest issue, and that's something I was actually diving more into this morning, is just that the volume concerns towards the end of the game, we've seen some of their blowouts where, um, you know, Buffalo's one of the past heaviest teams in the league uh, in neutral game scripts. But the issue is when they're winning by like 30 or 40, which is very much in play here, they're 14-point favorites. Um, you know, they kind of dial it back here, and Josh Allen's volume decreases. Uh, that being said, I think that he could probably have 250 passing yards in the first half, um, and, you know, very easily. Uh, so, for me, I would definitely lean over. We have 298 projected. Um, but, yeah, I think that, the, you know, the ceiling is not quite as high just because they'll likely be winning. Uh, but if the game is close, I mean, he can he gets over 400 very easily. Just quickly, uh, before you guys jump in, I just want to ask a question. You keep saying projected. You, you all, Every week we talk about your projected numbers. Can you just go into a little bit about what goes into those projections? 
Yeah, so I personally don't uh, do the projections for four for four, but we have, uh, you know, a couple models. And then our um, one of our guys, John Paulson, has been doing it for, I think it's 10-something years, and they've been one of the most accurate in the industry. Uh, but he, I mean, essentially uses just, like, you know, usage. He takes into account, um, you know, matchup, takes into account, like, basically everything, and then, you know, runs it through the mo- models, adjusts them, and tweaks them throughout the week. Like, pretty much, you know, every day, this is his main job here on the website. So, um, I, I like our projections a lot, and I, something that I can lean on as a crutch, especially um, you know, for prop betting. Um, you know, I think that they're more accurate than the market, so I generally tend to side with them. Connor Allen is the senior director of betting at 444.com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast. Joining us here on Inside the Lines, brought to you by Sports Interaction, Canada's odds maker, along the Sportsnet radio network. Connor, obviously uh, the biggest game, uh, the Sunday nighter between the Cowboys and the Vikings. We don't know what the status is of Dak Prescott, but if he doesn't go, how does that affect, well, not the Dallas side of things, but I wanted to ask you, how does that affect the Minnesota Vikings side of things when those props were made with the assumption that Dak was playing, and now that if he isn't playing, what are your thoughts on Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook based on game script, and how do you handicap that? Yeah, so the biggest thing for me was as soon as there was doubt uh, for Dak playing, I hopped on Dalvin Cook over on the carries. It's, it's, it was at 17.5. So you're looking at 19.5 in most spots now. I still think that's very much in play, though. I mean, if Cooper Rush is out there, um, we're probably not going to see a very competitive game, I don't think. And the, the Vikings are going to be able to go very run-heavy. Uh, and I think that in this spot particularly, um, I think you could fade maybe Kirk Cousins' passing yards would probably be how I would adjust it at this point and take the under because they could lean on that. Um, I just don't see Dallas putting enough pressure on the Vikings to really maintain it close. So, yeah, I would lean just under in the passing volume in general because we know that the, the Vikings, you know, if they can run the ball, they can, they can, they're going to do it. That's just kind of like what they like to do, kind of keep the game simple. Um, when other teams, you know, make them open it up a little bit more, that's when things get exciting. But I just don't really see that happening here if Dak's out. Connor, I, I got a question earlier this week, and I wanted to address it to you because I thought it was a pretty good one. David Johnson with the Houston Texans is, uh, or at least it appears to be being showcased, uh, as in uh, they will be moving him. And when you when you look at some of his numbers, they're quite low. Receiving yards, 25 and a half, uh, 28 and a half for uh, rushing yards. We know that Mark Ingram no longer there. Uh, is this the kind of case where you see a, a, a player like this that obviously is well past his prime but but could be moving on? Do we do we look at any of those numbers as possible increases just because they are trying to make them as sexy as possible to move him sooner than later? Yeah, it's very that's very much possibility. Um, you know, I think that he should see the lead be in the lead role there, but you also have um, you know, uh Philip Lindsay I think should take a bigger step forward. Um, you know, potentially Rex Burkhead. Um and I think that all these guys are at this point, fairly interchangeable in terms of like you know how good they are and if they really matter towards their team's success. So I think it really depends, I guess, on on the narrative. You know, like if if we really think that they're showcasing David Johnson to try and squeeze out squeeze out even like a, I don't even know what you'd get for him at this point. Maybe a conditional seventh, yeah. like two years from now. Um, you know, like that's like that's not much. But I mean, you whatever the juice is worth the squeeze. I guess if you can get it for it, because like I said, I mean the other guys they have in the roster are, are similar and they're very clearly trying to you know, deplete their roster of any talent and acquire future assets. So, um, yeah, I would lean towards over on his props. I thought they're really low. It's like 27 and a half. Um, you know, I, it, that just doesn't take much. I mean, my only concern is that the matchup is a little bit hard and that they're, you know, 14, 15-point underdogs here. 
So those are my biggest concerns. But still, I mean, even if he's mm-hmm. seeing like nine, ten carries, like he just got to average three yards a carry, which is, I mean, David Johnson now at this point, but still he should be able to get there. Connor, one of the marquee games of the day uh, in Tennessee, Indianapolis, uh, you know, all the talk about is the best running back in the game is Derrick Henry, but maybe the second best running back in the game and getting pretty close to him is Jonathan Taylor, who's been running the ball really well the last couple of weeks. His rushes seem to be for 15 or 20 yards or more. I think his number is in the 77 and a half range for rushing uh, today. Uh, would you lean over in a game which will probably be two teams just trying to control the clock to keep the other guys running back off the field? Yeah, I, I would. And and also the, the Colts will have, you know, their intended starting offensive line for the first time this year, Braden Smith, the right tackle, Chris Reed at uh, right guard. So I think that that is actually um, also good for uh, Jonathan Taylor as well. And the matchup is not bad either. Tennessee's defense has, you know, largely been pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, I think that this is – I think this is a good spot for Taylor. It's just a matter of, like, we see these strange things where, like, in the first half of one of the games last week, he had three carries at half. You know, that, that, that's just inexcusable. Um, and so, for me, I would lean over. But those types of things just a little, scare me a little bit, to be entirely honest. Connor, when you were looking and, and you know, I, I kind of joked about it that, you know, I have a Lions ticket, but I also have a Jaguars ticket. So it's uh, it's the great uh, it's the great pair that you kind of get nervous about just looking at those teams. But uh, when you when you look at what the Jaguars have to offer and, and they're playing against a really weak uh Seahawks defense and James Robinson has been tearing it up, especially in the last couple of weeks being that focal point of that offense are we are we good to just go over on james robinson against any weak defense like seattle yeah i think so too and this is actually something that i wrote up and i played it a little bit differently but this morning so um something for the jacksonville Jaguars. they kind of went underwent a transformation after week two so weeks one and two they had a 77 percent pass rate in one score games that was first in the nfl Weeks three through six, just a 50% pass rate in one-score games, 31st in the NFL. Um, so they, they've basically transformed into a run-heavy team. Uh, you know, James Robinson kind of leading the way there. Um, so I played Trevor Lawrence under 34.5 pass attempts. Um, you know, he's got under that number in four or six starts as a rookie. Um, you know, Jags have transitioned into that run-heavy offense, now playing against the Seahawks, as you mentioned. Weak defense, Geno Smith, I think they're going to also want to run the ball. Um, so I think that it kind of lends to that game script of just two teams running the ball back and forth. I, I don't think either squad is going to pass very much at all. Um, so, yeah, I like the James Robinson overs and Trevor Lawrence under on the pass attempt. Yeah. Connor, where does it get to a point where there's value on taking Chicago Bears pass catchers when the numbers get that low? Oh, man. Never. Um, never. Just say never and we'll move on. Yeah, kind of like never, right? And right now, the way things are going, they just like to run the ball so much. I did actually play uh, – I played Justin Fields under 17.5 completions, actually. Um, he's gone under that number four or five starts. Now, this is a similar game, I think. The both teams are just going to run the ball, grind clock. The, the only team – I mentioned the Jaguars, that they're 31st in run rate in one-score games since Fields took over – the Bears are dead last, 57% they're running the ball in one-score games. That's 7% higher than Jacksonville, who's the second closest. Um, I mean, and now this is going to be a, probably a, a competitive game. 49ers is three-point favorites. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I could see Fields throwing the ball like 20 times or fewer. So 17.5 completions seemed a little bit high based on, you know, how he's been doing lately. And not to mention he's, he hasn't really been playing all that well. So, you know, you have to also bet on him, uh, you know, playing well. And I, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing that. 
Um, how sneaky has Debo Samuel been on the San Francisco 49ers side of things when it comes to going over on his props? Oh, he's been so good. I mean, he came out in a monsoon last week and just absolutely crushed still. Went for like seven for 100. Um, I mean, he's been probably one of the biggest surprises for me in this season with um, Brandon Ayuk essentially getting the Dante Pettis treatment from Kyle Shanahan. Um, so, I mean, in this spot, uh, you know, it, it's another good, it's a good matchup. We have projected for 98 receiving yards, five and a half receptions. Uh, he's just been a true alpha after, you know, largely being like a zero A dot kind of guy, like average up the target, like near the line of scrimmage the last few seasons, fully blossoming and just like showing his talent. So I think that, you know, taking the over on his prop here, like 68 yards or something like that is very much in play. All right, Connor, that sound that you hear is pens all across the great country of Canada clicking open as you give us your card for today, and that's what people want to hear. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll try and fire off a bunch of these here. So I took uh, Zach Pascal under 33.5 receiving yards with T.Y. Hilton active. Um, you know, he played, like, ran 11% fewer routes last week, um, and so I don't really see him playing as big of a role. Uh, I took Davis Mills, again, under 223.5 passing yards. He is playing against another tough defense, fourth in pass defense, DVOA, the Rams. Um, you know, I don't understand how oddsmakers can hang a number above 200 at this point, to be honest, against good defenses. He's playing against the Cardinals, who are second, the Bills, who are first in DVOA, and the Panthers at the time with J.C. Horn has thrown for fewer than 168 yards in all of those games. Uh, I also played Mike White under 223.5 passing yards. This is another one to me that just makes absolutely no sense. Um, even Zach Wilson has only gone over that number, you know, three or five, or gone over that number in two or five games. And so now you're looking at a guy like Mike White making his first career NFL start against the Bengals defense. It's eighth in passing DVOA without Corey Davis playing. Uh, I just, I don't see him having much success at all here. Um, played Jalen Hurts over 252 and a half passing yards, playing against a dreadful Detroit Lions secondary, which is, uh, dead last in, uh, per dropback EPA and, um, you know, bottom five in most other pass defense metrics. The, the issue is, is that they're just not getting, uh, they're not getting passed on that much because teams are winning by so much. So, uh, you know, I like that one a lot as well. Jared Goff under 265 and a half. Uh, I'm not sure it's playable at the current price of 255, but the matchup is tough. Um, and then um, uh, Elijah Mitchell over 69 and a half rushing yards. Great match against the Bears. Khalil uh, Mack is out. Team X is banged up. The offensive line is good. Uh, they're fully healthy at this point, so I like the over there as well. Uh, I like all of those picks. I love it, and we love that you jump on every week. Connor Allen's the Senior Director of Betting at 444.com and the co-host of the Move the Line podcast. Connor, great stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Great stuff. All right, George. George, I got to go. I got some bets to make. What was that last one? Eliza Mitchell over what? Uh, his rushing yards total. Rushing yards yeah, six, total. 69, was it? Yeah. Whatever it is, take it over. Hit it, Josh. Let's do it. Hold up. It's the two-minute warning. You want to see some lines that are moving, guys? Here's some lines that are moving. I'm going to close this. Uh, Bill's now up to 15. Atlanta's sitting at two and a half. Philadelphia down to three across the board. Rams up to 17. Bengals up to 12. As I said earlier, Ooh. Cleveland now five. San Francisco four and a half across the board now. Chargers drop down to three and a half. Uh, come down off the number four, key number four. Very interesting. All right, and just quickly some key actives and inactives before we go for the Browns. Odell Beckham and Jadavian Clowney are in. T.Y. Hilton is in for the Colts. 
Lions running back Jamal Williams is out. 49ers left tackle Trent Williams is in. Jets wide receiver Corey Davis is out, while linebacker C.J. Mosley is in, and Calvin Ridley out today for Atlanta Falcons. That's it for us. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at InsideLines. Follow Steve on Twitter, at HouseMoney44. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.